We're back. A little bit later than expected. Uh, we gave Bobby time to enjoy his dinner. Grin Grappler, the the September edition here at the start of October. We'll be back eventually on track, I promise. Asuka is our topic. I'm not going to uh, ignore the elephant in the room any longer. <laughs> Alex, you've come prepared tonight. How are you, pal? I'm good. It's me, Austin. That's what I was waiting to do that whole time. <laughs> Uh, good. Always a pleasure. Glad to be here. Glad to talk about Asuka Kana, one of my modern favorites. Just glad to be uh, back with the boys. Mm-hmm. How y'all doing? Very good. I always appreciate you ask, you know. I'm not used to that around here from the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, also to update from the last time, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are back on track, so all is good in my life right now. My God. Football talk? I don't know how I feel about that. I may have, may have undone the goodwill there of asking how I was. That's unfortunate. Um, okay. By the way, how long is that list of modern favorites? I'm interested. Is that like a... Is I was that, honestly is that like thinking a, about it when we yeah? were when I was prepping for this. I was like, Asuka may be like my newest favorite wrestler, if that makes any sense. Like the most yeah. recent wrestler that's like a favorite of mine. So it's not terribly long. Her, Walter. Um, Bud Matt, I guess. <laughs> the Holy Trinity. <laughs> I love that even us, like the the Bud Matt loyalists, have like begun to waver. <laughs> like I don't know, man. I guess it's yeah. One day it will come when we discuss the whole the Bud Matt saga. But uh, yeah, Oscar's definitely um, someone who has figured out how to stand out in modern wrestling, especially like modern WWE yeah. Americanized television wrestling. So very excited to discuss this. Absolutely, me too. The Oracle of Wrestling, a new setup. Mm. You're on with a new setup, new lighting, looking mm-hmm. great. How are you tonight, pal? Fantastic. I have uh, <clears throat> finally set up my podcasting station here in the guest station room, which is now uh, my podcast room. <laughs> uh, I've got the Roku on with the Roku background. Wow. Looking at the city with the giant squid coming out of the water and such. and. Shortly, I'll be turning something on. Maybe uh, an old NFL game from 2006 to watch on in the background. Not I mean, NXT. Uh, well, I mean, come on. I'd much rather watch something, you know, you know, football from 16 years ago. Um, <clears throat> fair. But, uh, you know, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to talk about um, Oscar, who is uh, definitely one of the better uh wrestlers yeah uh in general of the last i don't know five five or six years <laughs> just just one of the better wrestlers yeah, <laughs> never yeah. Yeah. One, of, yeah, oh, one of the one of the one of the few good wrestlers since 19 since uh, 1997 so a hell of a sports entertainer oh, right yeah. a great performer mm-hmm. all of the terms whichever your preferred is she's very good at it bobby two shoes you were here a minute ago we were talking about the world wrestling federation you're back again to about one of their biggest superstars, to quote Alex for a moment ago. Um, you excited, pal? I am. All these matches were a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's good to be back here doing another show. Had some dinner in between, so it was fun. And uh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't get a haircut in between. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, that's going to so, be Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, I want anyone that didn't watch the Fed did watch this. I wanted them to know like the timeline of the haircut. That's mm-hmm. all. I was giving you a chance. It was a lob, you know. Um, okay. Let's, let's proceed into our regularly scheduled programming here. This is 
when I was preparing for this and was just putting my kind of notes together in the format and such, it was striking to me how different this felt to any other episode we'd done. Even though tonight's format is exactly the same, this feels very, very different, right? Like, it feels like we've been in a particular lane for most of this. Tonight is going to be a little bit different, and I think that's a good thing. So, firstly, Bob, I'll stick with you here. Are you happy with the first results of our, our switch up here with the uh, the format? Because before we would, you know, let our great Grinners vote, you you know, kind of threw your toys out the pram a little bit. You said, I want the last deciding pick. You picked Asker. Are you happy with how this has worked out? Yeah, I am actually. You know, I had two matches that I'd never seen before, and then the other four that I watched live but have kind of forgotten about because the most recent one was, you know, two and a half years ago, and a lot's happened since then. Um, but yeah, it was cool to kind of go back and see everything and be like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember watching this, but also, you know, now I have five additional years of context or whatever. You can kind of tell the story a little bit better, kind of see, you know, what happened after this, maybe some things they could have done differently. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Couple. Yeah, this was uh, this was from the before times, right? Like you yes. watch that February twenty twenty roaring. You're like, oh yeah, I remember this. Was this was before everything happened? That's that's this good call. I'm on with you. Um, Oracle, mm. we've we've walked some familiar paths in our time together on this platform. You know, we world have. championship wrestling, the enforcer on Anderson is saying we have discussed many a time. That was definitely an expectation we would end up here. Mm. Are you happy with how it worked? I think it was for the best that we took it. We went in a different direction. What do you think, Oracle? Uh, I agree. I, I think, you know, I think it's important to, uh, you know, try and watch the 10 or 12 good wrestlers of the last 25 years. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's, there's a select few of them, but you know, we, you know, if, if we find them, yeah, it's, it's worth giving them a shot too. I agree. I want to do one about Carl Anderson. I agree. We're on the same page. Um, <laughs> Alex, this, this is right up your alley. I feel this is, this is your kind of ball game. What we've got tonight. You uh, this, are you glad we went in this direction? I'm sure you are, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think both you and myself, Joe, there might be some blood pressure spikes as we get into the later portion oh, yeah. of this. Uh, but, you know, um, despite what some may joke about on Twitter or in my DMs, uh, definitely not confirmed shooter all. I'm not this big, like, Joshi, like, purist or historian or, uh, you know, watch... <laughs> JWP or Ice Ribbon or any of that shit. So I was not familiar with Kana when she showed up as Asuka in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, But since then, of course, I've done my due diligence to do a bit of research. Uh, Same thing with like uh, when I discovered Io Shirai and Kairi Sane, because obviously when... Io Sky, Alex. Io Sky. I'm sorry, people won't know. Carry on. Okay, I apologize. We need a video package introducing her for anyone to understand. So... uh, but just her story's fascinating. Um, the whole idea of wrestling, you know, she didn't grow up wanting to be a wrestler. She just saw the great mood at one time. I was like, that guy looks cool. Maybe I could do that. And um, and also just how endlessly entertaining she is, uh, like, off TV. As anyone knows, I'm a big Golden Age Simpsons fan, and she is constantly making Simpsons references on her Instagram and Twitter accounts. So she's uh, definitely endeared herself to me. But as far as, like, the bell to bell of what we're covering here. Um, y'all are going to have to rein me in because there's, this is such an interesting time period to cover. There was the blessed year of 2017 that we'll get into the, mm-hmm. uh, what we didn't realize we had for a very short window with NXT. And then there's yeah. the, the transfer and the handling of Oscar. Once she got moved up to the main roster and kind of the, the fallout and the what's happened since, but also, 
this is going to be our first trip to the Kirkin Hall. So, yes, Bob, I hope we got your passport ready. Uh, Cause, and I hope you've got your, your visa permit because we're going to, mm. we're ready to work tonight. All right. We're doing limb work. We're doing psychology. We're doing bridges in a ring that looks like it's made of concrete. We're, mm. we're here to stay tonight. All right. Bob's more of a kind of, you know, shoulder tackle lariat kind of guy. Right, Bob? He's, not really. he's the gallows to your Anderson. That is, um, <laughs> I'm comfortable with that. I'm actually quite happy with it, Bob. I, I don't know where you kind of. How do you feel about that? It was a little. I was a little bit personal. I, I meant that in a good way, a very good way. You can mean it how you want, but Bob is going to have to take it a certain way. And yeah, Bob, I, I mean, mean I, it's not inaccurate. I don't think yeah. you know. So I can't be too upset about it. It's not inaccurate. <laughs> can you imagine being as nice a guy as Bob is? <laughs> Just that's fair enough. Anyways, move on. Bob, got a good good big boot and a good choke bomb, my man. That's all you need to make money in this business. Bravo. On Saturday night, I was lucky to see the big LG in person. Crowd (laughs) gave him some great uh, Festus chants, which he sold as you would expect him to sell with the classic hand on ears um, dynamic. He tagged in. He dropped three elbows. Tagged out. Did not come back in the match. No been more proud to see the big man out there doing his thing. What a pro. What a pro. All right, Bobby, uh, I'll stay with you here. Uh, Alex, he kind of, you know, he's been on this show before, I think. He he went ahead there and kind of laid out his fandom when it comes to Asuka. What's yours, Bob? I assume you, you met uh, the wrestler at the same time Alex did in terms of coming over at WWE, but kind of like map out your personal fandom. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you know, she had one of the uh, face in the crowd appearance things. And right yes. from there, I kind of started doing some research on her. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is a big deal. It's going to be kind of cool to see her. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I didn't watch NXT TV every week. I'd kind of just binge them leading up to the takeover, so I didn't see, like, the kind of TV match part of the streak or whatever. But, yeah, every takeover, you know, she'd come out and she'd deliver and uh, just kind of was as good as advertised. And then, you know, as I started kind of watching the TV more, yeah, just good stuff every week. And uh, really glad we added the Nikki Cross match because that was one of the best uh, NXT TV matches, I think. So, you know, yeah. that one was a high point. But, yeah, it's... Uh, Kind of only been what six years or so, and this was the first that I've really seen. Uh, you know, a lot of her Japan stuff was these two matches, and you know, kind of like I always uh, get out of these. I want to watch more now, so that's it's a it's a success. That's yeah, one thing that stood out when I was like looking at these matches and what we should do. It's like she got called up five years ago. Like five years on the main roster is like a hellacious run. That's like. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, there's like Hall of Famers that didn't do five years at one yeah. go in the fair. Like, she's been there for a long time now, man, just on the main roster. So that stood out to me when we were kind of piecing this, this timeline together. Um, that sounds insane. Just because, like, it does. anything before 2020 seems like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So when you put yeah. it in the perspective of like five years doesn't sound that long, but it also is very long. It's one of those things, too, where because of the way she was used, we'll get into this more later, but it's, it, a lot of it is bled together, right? Like, like when they when when we watch the ladder match, it's like that timeline feels so separate from some other stuff because it's oh, it just, yeah. mm-hmm. it's been a weird run for a range of reasons. A lot of people have weird runs in the last few years. Though, if it is what it is, um, Oracle, your personal fandom of, of Asuka. When did you kind of when would you consider yourself a fan? When did you go back and look at some of the archives, perhaps so on and so forth? Um, <clears throat> I wasn't really. Uh you know, in tune or like watching um, Modern Joshi and stuff 
back back when she debuted in NXT. I I I'd heard of her. Um, I think I'd seen some clips. I'd known that she was like a really like violent like, mm-hmm. you know, with, like kick hard and like you know, shit that would pop me. Um, so even though I hadn't seen her, it 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 felt like a big deal, you know, when she got signed to NXT and Regal screamed her name or whatever, and like she came out and you know had like a good feud with Emma and Dana Brooke, and I was like, okay. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, and uh, I saw her live at the, they did like, what was it? I think it was like a set of tapings in Orlando Rumble weekend of 2016. Hmm. Um, and I saw her live. That's when like, it's like when uh, uh, Bob's buddy uh, Austin debuted. And uh, Steve, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, the 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 small guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, she was in a tag match with I think she was in a tag match with like Bay, like her and Bailey versus like Naya and somebody else. But I just remember when she came out, like her presence was like, holy shit. Like she feels like like this is feels awesome. Yeah. It's like a, it felt like a huge deal when she came out. And um, really, from there, I became like you know a really big fan. I mean, obviously, she was a good, good worker, and and really, I mean, honestly, a great worker. Um, yeah. And uh, I was a big fan of the Bailey matches and her 2017 run. Whether or not you know we can argue all day about how she probably should have dropped the belt. Um, we will we'll argue yeah. all day. Alex and I can have a fight later. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Like that, that run in 2017 was incredible. Like, yeah, matches were great. Just like, and I really liked how she like tweaked her character from like clearly a baby face into like this like bullying sort of people forget that. Yeah, I, yeah, like I, she wasn't yeah. even a heel, but she was like a you know, kind of a tweener, I guess. So um, that match you saw in Florida was that at Full Sail on Rumble weekend? No, it was not. It was uh, it was when they taped at the arena, like at like. It was at some. It was at some building that they taped that. It, it, it wasn't full sale. It definitely wasn't full sale. It was a bigger building. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to find can't it. Can't remember the name of it. Um, That's it's probably it's probably on Cage Match if you look it up. But yeah, I thought it was this Asker and Bailey versus Eva and Nia, but that's full sale. 27th of January, 2016. Yeah, I know. Right, Hill Team. The real world no. tag league is in in full effect there, brothers. Yeah, there you go. Um, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure yeah. it out. But uh, it was, I mean, it was it was great, man. Like uh, that was just you know it was it was great seeing her live, and she's had her ups or downs, you know, her uh, ups and downs booking wise mm-hmm. in the main roster. But I mean, she's she's great every time, whether or not it's just her like understanding how to do the goofy character work, which she's excellent at. Like just just a few weeks back when she was like taking bumps with Lily and she's like holding the fucking doll the entire time. Incredible. Like taking bumps into the steel stairs. I'm like literally clinging onto Lily the entire time as if she had to protect the dolls art. Um, Just, just, just stuff like that, that she's just, I don't know. It just shows you she's a step above everybody else of just like knowing how to like, I don't know. Just adapt, right? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, I totally get why everyone has a soft spot and fond memories of her as a killer. 
and definitely that is like obviously peak usage. I do think it's been fun to see her. I mean, she clearly enjoys doing some of the, the goofy stuff on WWE oh, yeah, TV. Absolutely. It's like maybe she shouldn't have done as much as she did at times. Well, but you know, like in, in, that's what in, I said too about her. like how she got into the business. She's not a fucking mark, so she's yeah, exactly. just there to have a right. good time. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and and to be fair to her, like when there were no fans in the building, she was the first person to realize there yeah. there were a few people that realized how to do certain things to make people like interested in what they were watching. Oscar was like, "Oh, let me be completely ridiculous and goof off Those, the whole fucking time." You're mm-hmm. right, yeah. You know, and yeah, then absolutely. you know, and she, you you had her and you had Danielson who was like, "Okay, let's just fucking work that really was, close yeah. mat wrestling and like throw nasty strikes to get people interested in the mm-hmm. match." Like, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> God, and I, God bless y'all for remembering anything from the Thunderdome. That was era. that is like the two things I remember. Yeah, because no. they they yeah. opened Mania, didn't they? The yeah. Bliss Cross, yeah, um, Kabuki yeah. match opened Mania. Yeah. yeah, and Kyrie had that like unbelievable mania gear for that. I remember WrestleMania, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just I remember the the adrenaline rush of realizing that match was the opening, and then realizing JBL was on commentary and being like, maybe it's gonna be okay, you know? As my moment, as my moment when I realized we, we're gonna get through it. We, we stayed together, we could do it, you know. But um, <laughs> God, what a moment! But yeah, um. Personally, I wasn't a big fan until Edge on his podcast said he didn't think she was very good, and then I decided I would kind of get on board with him. I thought I was a good <laughs> player. That was an incredible bit. I don't know if you guys remember that, but when oh. she when she made a minute on the main event, when she debuted on the main roster, like Edge and Christian used to review the pay per views, and Edge was like, "I don't really get it. <laughs> I don't really understand it." Was he doing so, a bit? No, he's just a dumb fuck. Um, well, Adam, I don't get you. How about that, brother? <laughs> but enough about next month's grin grab flaw. Um, Good luck Asuka, finding six matches. We're uh, we're all going to say the same thing here. Is I'm, I'm up last. So it's going to be a familiar story, but you know, I think Asuka's As soon as you see her, you're going to be a fan. She's undeniable. Though. She's one of the most unanimously beloved wrestlers in the whole world, legitimately. Like, no matter what product you're into and what promotion you see as your brand, whatever the fuck that means. You're going to be a fan of Asuka. That's just the way it is, right? You very rarely will see people be contrarians about her. She's that good. She's that special. And, like, it didn't take long. I will say, we didn't do any of the matches here, and we'll get into them a little bit more later when we talk about, you know, the era, the act, I guess. That Bailey program is incredible and does not get enough love. Those two takeover matches are exceptional. We didn't do them because, you know, we went with the other NXT matches. I think 2017 is, like, a an incredible part of her career, but... Those Bailey matches are tremendous. So that was a moment where I really remember being all in as a fan. Um, she's obviously she's you know she's genuinely one of the like great wrestlers of this last this last couple of decades, last decade, whatever you know. So um, I think rule on board. The one thing I will say is I haven't seen any of the pre WWE stuff until doing this process. I had never seen. It. I mean, I've seen we've all seen clips, right? Mm-hmm. I, w- I will say I've seen the famous match where Suzuki is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's seen that in some form or fashion. But um, this was the first time like, recently that I'm watching like some of the bigger, you know, the classics and the epic matches, and we, we'll get right into that here with Act 1. Now, folks, if you're a big fan of Asuka Okana and you're an expert, I completely understand if you're watching this, like, why are they doing two acts in WWE? I get it. It just feels like the logical way to approach this for the way we treat this. You know, like, Act 1 is pre-WWE, Act 2 is NXT, Act 3 is the main roster. It just felt like the right way to do it. I'm aware that we missed a bunch of classics pre-WWE, but like for this, for our kind of fandom and for this audience, I think it's probably the right thing to do. So 
it's if justified too because like that, not to sound like a total nerd, but there is a very large difference between her NXT run and her yeah, I agree. WWE run. And also, we need as many opportunities as possible, you and I, to talk about how this NXT thing was a thing we, we want back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we, we'll continue our campaign in the, in the, under the guise of the Grin Grappler. He said, listen, folks, we're starving out here, okay? Anyway, Act 1. Now, again, I'm no expert. I want to make clear, and we've all just said we basically became fans through her WWE run. But it is worth noting that this match we're about to watch, is, she made her debut still seven years before this. So I want to make it clear, that, you know, none of us are under the kind of idea that she's like a rookie here. I do think it's interesting that you see the presentation of Kana evolve within these two matches. The second match is much more the kind of famous imagery that you kind of see often posted, right? Like this is, before that, it's a little bit more kind of um, of a blank slate Let's get right into it. February 13th, 2011. Um, this felt like a natural matchup. Not only is this her most highly rated match on the famed cage match, Bob and I's favorite website, uh, but also Maiko is an, an NXT UK superstar. I don't know if you've heard, guys. She's uh, very popular here on the British Isles. Maiko Satamura, Nitro legend. Um, this match... She's, she's got to be the only person that's wrestled on Nitro and a takeover, right? Liger. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. My man. Liger. Other than that, though, yeah. I don't know who else would be. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. It was a big thing. Like, when she debuted, she was going to be the last person to, like, wrestle in WCW and WWE. Like, last person hadn't done both already. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, more importantly than TakeOver, NXT UK TV. Right? It's true. Uh, very, very prestigious. Um, tonally, this match is such an incredible experience. It's we always hear that phrase of sports style presentation. It's become such a like nothing thing now. It's used for everything that's serious wrestling. But man, does this have that vibe, right? With the atmosphere the way it is and the strikes. This is quite the experience, Bob. I saw your tweet earlier. You had a hell of a time with this. Um, this is quite the ride, isn't it? Yeah, it's great, man. You know, they start with the forearms that just look like they're hurting a bit, and then they go into the kicks, and that looks like uh just kicking the shit out of each other and you know it slows down for a little bit but it like it didn't impact my enjoyment of it and yeah just a really strong match to start you know i've, I've seen both of them obviously but this is kind of a different time for both of them you know, it's 12 10 years ago whatever so yeah kind of cool to get that kind of baseline as the uh, beginning here um i did kind of realize early on there's no give to that mat so anytime anyone took a bump on it i'm like oh that looks like it hurts real bad um yeah. and that kind of added to it too I think so. The striking here, I mean, you mentioned the kick exchanges. Um, there's a few head kicks from Connor that Mike just eats clean in the face, like without any kind of, not a hand up, nothing, right? It was it was violent in that regard. Um, yeah, the striking on this play was spectacular. Alex, what did you make of, of our first match here? Was that like the deal with the Japanese women's promotions is the ring just had to be concrete? Yeah, like, it was a rib. That... <laughs> They just did it as a rib. The All Japan Women's Ring is without question like the hardest looking ring I've ever seen. But yeah, with this, um, I love early stage injury, like that that being a st story in the match. And that's like Kana eats a kick and like immediately takes a powder and is like her arms yeah. fucked. And that happens mm -hmm. like in the first minute of the match or something. I remember years ago at one of the bolas, Tommy End wrestled Drew Gulak, and the uh, on the first line. On like the first lockup, they did this thing where 
Tommy inadvertently got poked in the eye. And like for the next while was like his, you know, vision was impaired. And I remember the PWG crowd just shit on it. Like they were like, what is this? You know, this isn't what we look for. And like all the DVD reviews were like, this match felt so out of place. And that's like, when you watch something like this, it's like, that does make it feel more of like a sports style presentation. But yeah, I mean, the Japanese crowd always adds to everything. This felt like you were watching like, um, like a tournament. Like, you know, these people were like live for this event. Uh, I'm always a fan of limb work. So that made me happy. And then at one point, uh, Mako just, kills Asuka with a Death Valley driver. It's like one of the most impactful moves we mm-hmm. get in this whole run here. And then uh, we get the chicken wing finish. And I think I speak for all of us when I say this modern era of wrestling, it should be remembered that it was Asuka that brought back the chicken wing and no one else of any problematic nature. Wow. That was, I can't believe the way you closed them, you know, open and close that, uh, that commentary. That was. <laughs> Took many... you around. Yeah. It was. That... But I mean that. Like, I want to remember Oscar with the chicken wing, and that's no. I'm with I, you. I, yeah, I have to be honest. I am still slightly reeling from the Tommy N towel that you led with. Um, <laughs> him misjudging something involving his own eyes is something that I've kind of become familiar with over the last years. So I didn't even make connect the two on that. Yeah. It's been an obsession of his forever. He, he's determined to get the eye angle over, brother. It's have a good you match, seen though. the? Uh, have you seen the like Instagram selfies and stuff that he does? No, oh, does he? Oh, okay. Like Zelina will post a picture with with Malachi, and he'll do like he'll squint his eye because you know kayfabe and all that stuff. And then it's he'll post about... a video and be like, what? "Fuck Dave Meltzer." Yeah. yeah, I'm not about that tribalism, guys. Come on, that's not me. <laughs> Don't need to quote Bob. We're talking about Malachi Black. All right, anyway. <laughs> the, um, you mentioned the arm that you know the deal with the early injury. I love the way that like. Within the match's story, Connor's response to that is like, I need to like get something back. She like obliterates Maiko's leg. Remember those low kicks she was trying to start? And they kind of do a role reversal deal with that where then Maiko's the referee's checking on her. That was fucking awesome. Like the idea she had to like even it up because she was she was kind of you know finding a way out of a hole there at the start of the match. That was tremendous. Love that. We deal. talked about this on the last one we did with these two. Uh the and the Terry Funk one. The the Man, those Japanese wrestling promotions almost all have a different style of presentation. We talked yeah. about like the cinematic nature of classic all Japan. Here it is very like, you know, sports style, like mm-hmm. way up in the action, close up angles under the bottom rope, shit like that. Type of shit that would drive Kevin Dunn nuts. But like when yeah. you watch this, it's it's always fascinating to see these different styles of presentation. I, like this isn't what the show's about, but I wish that was a thing in the States. Like, there's no variety in terms of presentation. You know, it's everyone shoots it the same way. It's kind of, I mean, they do less cuts, but they don't like have their own flavor, really. You know, it's, it's telling when you go back and rewatch like fucking world class or AWA from yeah. 30 or 40 years ago, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> let's do exactly. this again. <laughs> exactly. Like, if I, if I said to you, describe AEW's production style, you'd be like, well, it's WWE, but they do less cuts, so therefore it is better. By default, yeah. it's better. But it's like, it's not, they haven't got their own flavor yet. It's a shame. Um, Oracle. What do you think of our first match here, pal? Um, I was a huge fan of it. Like, I don't know, man. I've, I haven't seen something like this in a while, you know. So yeah. it's like, it it ruled. Um, I definitely noticed that Matt, like, Jesus. <laughs> like, I don't know. It reminded me of, like, those, like, uh, 
I don't know. It it kind of looked like the center of like a of like a hardwood basketball court. <laughs> but like the high school, you know, they got like the logo yeah. painted in the middle with blue. I was like, ow, that has to hurt. Um the strikes in this are just, I mean, it's incredible, man. They're just like kicking the shit of each other and they're like working submission holds and like it's like, oh, they're actually having like an actual like wrestling match. Um, and it's you know real, you know, it's, you feel like you know you're actually watching something believable. Um, yeah, this was this was this was great. Um, I just uh, I I noticed that um, when uh, Mako had had uh, Kana in like a in like a hold, like I was like, oh shit, Kana's working bare feet. I didn't even know she used to work bare, work uh, work uh, barefoot. Um, so uh, I didn't notice that, um, but it's just it's crazy. Like it's it's like the one thing that kind of bummed me out watching the match was like thinking back on like um, I guess it was was it an episode of Raw we were talking about or was it the was it the six woman tag at the at uh. the show where like Oscar Stoner strikes and it's like. Yeah, you see folks too long, man. She 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 ain't throwing those things like she used to. Because mm-hmm. it she was, was like playing soft with these with 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 these people. Like, didn't she hurt was, someone and then got like kind of spooked by it? You know what? I, think it's right. I don't know. Yeah, okay. no, she definitely. Um, she's that's a that's a that's a fair point. If if that's the case, she strikes me as a very nice person. So she definitely. I, I, I know like, that when. Yeah. Because I know her and Alexa did, they were like the NXT title match for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a thing then. I think she might have fucked Alexa's nose up or something. I yeah. think. I could be misremembering mm-hmm. that. I think that's someone checked that's the thing. Um, yeah. But I will say, watching this, it didn't appear to me. I think it was more when she made the move to the main roster. I think the schedule may have been a thing where, like, all involved kind of realized she should just. Line up a little bit because obviously they're fucking the schedule they did. Oh my god! Yeah, put up, like, oh, yeah. You know, Friday yeah. to Monday. Mm-hmm. I could see that minute because the Alexa stuff was in NXT. You're gonna if I'm correct. If I'm not, folks, I apologize. But if you watch these like NXT matches, she's still kicking the shit out of people in those, and you can tell that she's a slighter in the main roster matches. You can just see it like visually, yeah. it's obvious. You know, she's yeah. still obviously her offense is still great. Right. But if you even you compare like her and Charlotte hit each other hard. It mm-hmm. still doesn't look quite the same as it even does when she's dressing like Nikki, right? Like it's kind of, right. yeah, it's, it's really are, interesting. Yeah, the main man, Big Gunther. That's he's established when he like main yeah. event offense and just every other show offense. Absolutely, it's it is necessary, right? I mean, you have to kind of survive on the, especially for someone like her who is so charismatic. Honestly, when she's working at a house show on a Saturday night, she doesn't really need to be hitting people hard because oh, she's, yeah. she's going to get over anyway, right? Like people <laughs> love Asuka, so it does make sense in that regard. Um, man, it's this is one of those matches where genuinely, I think it's hard for any of us to like detail, point out specifics. You kind of just need to watch this and see how they execute what is a very simple match in terms of ideas. Oh yeah, it's the physicality, it's the the intensity. The way they work them out when they get there, the way they throw the strikes is honestly like extraordinary. Um, it's very easy awesome. watch. Like yeah, what, fifteen awesome. minutes or something. Yeah. yeah, it flew by, right? Absolutely flew by. But it felt like every minute they were both trying to win, which is 
something that I increasingly appreciate. Yeah, honestly, it really, it really is. But um, huh. awesome, awesome match. Of course, it is. Again, it didn't surprise me. I think any of us were surprised. This was fucking great, right? It was, it was an obvious fit when I saw the rating it got and such. So, um, so yeah, it's not a match with like a, a whole bunch of um, you know ingredients to explore. It's just it is so well executed, and there's such an awesome tone to it and vibe to it. I can't recommend that. Awesome, awesome match to kick us off. Let's move forward now. This is going to be an interesting conversation, I think. December 15th, 2013, Arisa Nakajima. hope I didn't butcher the, the name there. Um, this is much more the, the famous kind of presentation, right? Like visually, this is what I always think of when I think pre-WWE Asuka Kana. Um, this is quite the ride. Mm. Bo, I want to start with you so that none of our opinions, uh, you know, poison or flavor yours. What did you think of this? This was something, man. There was a lot going on here. What did you think? Yeah, you know, I liked the first uh, bit when they go in the crowd and they're slamming each other's heads off the sign and stuff. I thought uh, that part kind of ruled. And then, you know, they get back in the ring and it's like, it's going, it's going. And then they start just headbutting the shit out of each other. And uh, it got a little uncomfortable for a while there. Um I enjoyed it overall. I think it was a little too long for my liking, but overall, not a bad match. Just very, uh, not really what I was expecting. The headbutts kind of got a little uncomfortable. It's definitely not a bad match. Yeah. I think we could all agree it's far from bad. It's a fucking really good match. It's just a really interesting match in terms of what they go for. Like, Joe's comment here, I think, kind of now is where I was headed, which is like, it feels like multiple matches, like, pieced together. Mm-hmm. Which kind of rules, but is also like kind of dizzying to watch. Like they go from crowd brawling to like they just kind of get on the mat and it's not working like a, a sports contest. Um, Alex, what did you make of this? This was something, man. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, we're in the Kuroken Hall, so that's worth something. Um, really enjoyed the brawling part. Really enjoyed the intensity and screaming. Too many wrestlers are like fucking quiet these days, man. It, yeah, you're in there fighting, dude. Like. Kingston is an example of obviously someone who emotes not only like physically, but audibly yeah. as well. And that I feel that's missing that Hogan, Austin, look at all the greats they had there. Ah, and so, and so with these two going at it, hell for leather, like just like screaming at each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it adds to the intensity of what you're watching. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the brawl, the slams they pull off on each other, like just straight up, like scoop slams and shit are just, all impact. Um, I do think it kind of lost its way and uh, they kind of shot for the moon in the sense of what they were going for that arm bar sequence. I'm sorry. I know it's wrestling, but I can't yeah. watching someone sit in an arm bar for 45 seconds. is just, we've, we had grown past that in 2013. So it's not even a, well, it was the time period type thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that, but also uh, I was not uncomfortable. I, uncomfortable with the headbutts i was yelling for more i was going nuts when that was happening so i i love that exchange and then when nakajima's got like kana on the ground and it's just still going at it i was like fuck yes um and then it is a japanese pro wrestling match so of course it ends on a half nelson suplex i lost my mind for that because that's obviously especially if you're from like the no mercy revenge virtual pro wrestling era I think the move most associated with Japanese wrestling at that time was the half Nelson suplex. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Asuka or Kana, excuse me, her presentation here. The mist, not illegal in Japan. 
The right. ref was just like, hey. That was the opening spot, brother. I know. <laughs> Actually, I think the bell hadn't rang yet, but whatever the case. Right. Um, I do, you know, it's obviously something in the days of Stan Hansen and Brody that we've seen, but uh, it doesn't really feel like there's that many walk and brawl wrestlers in Japan anymore uh, or at that time. Mm. So I always love kind of the crowd. They were still ha ha kind of having fun, but some of them were like getting their bags. Like, I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen here. So uh, I enjoyed it a bit long for my, my taking uh, my take though. Yeah. I'm with you. I think it's worth noting too, you know, the, the way they did the, the kind of crowd brawl, it never felt like they were just doing it for the sake of doing it. It was actually felt wild and chaotic and violent. And when they were using the fucking the wall there, like it was, it was physical, man. I, I appreciate that much very much. I mean, the start of this match, I thought was like, it was epic. I think unfortunately they may have tried too hard to then move from that wild brawl into an actual like epic, you know, like a kind of classic traditional match. I think that was a, a challenging um, transfer stylistically. Oracle, what did you make of this one? I thought it was good, uh, you know, definitely a little bit too long, and I definitely agree that they worked like a bunch of multiple different matches in one. So like they had like the crowd brawling and all that stuff, and then they just sort of settled into like mat wrestling, and then they started like yeah. doing like a battle arts shoot headbutts thing, and like it was all sort of like it was it was kind of it was kind of a mess structurally. Yeah. Um, which you know, I'm 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 weird about structure, so I kind of like I was like, eh. Yeah. But in terms of like the work itself was it was really good. Um, I'm I'm with Alex. You know, the the violent headbutts popped me big. <laughs> um, yeah, sitting in an arm bar for it's one thing to like, you know, sw- swing your legs around for yeah, you know, ha- yeah. half a minute or something and try to get out of it. But it's another thing to sit there for like, yeah, it's kind of like all right, you know. Um, yeah, this was this was good. Um, really, the only other thing that stood out to me was was Kana's like, you know, famous look. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, going back to the 2011 Mako match, like she's just like she just looks like, you know, just 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 a regular wrestler, and she's now got the full character stuff going on, and like, of course, you know, it'll end up blending and sort of forming, you know, the Oscar character and and. You know the the Kana character was obviously a lot more um, intense and 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 stuff. Uh, you know that that presentation was 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 probably a lot different. But um, you know it 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 was neat to see that transition from where she was in 2011 to where she was at the end of 2013. So definitely, um, it, was, it was a good match. It was just it was long and and the structure was kind of like. You know, but like, I mean, the work was good. It just, it wasn't. Absolutely. Yeah. It was like, in a weird way, it was, it was a wonderful encapsulation of the often irritating, but absolutely accurate cliche about, you know, less is more. <laughs> I would love to see the exact match with the middle mat wrestling cut out. Cause I didn't think it fit the tone of the match at all. I think, you know, finding a bridge from the brawl to the wild head butts and strikes mm-hmm. late would have been, that was the challenge. I don't think. The way they approached it worked necessarily, where they kind of it felt so disconnected. I can marry the other two. That middle act of the match I thought was kind of out of place, but is weird. I think you nailed it earlier, um, Alex, when you said they were going for something pretty spectacular here, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but still, 
hell of a time. And just on physicality alone, I think it's, it's very much worth a watch. Okay, now, are we aware of, Alex, do you have any others from this, this like, pre-WWE uh, portion of, no. of Asuka's career, the, the jump off the page you, you like mention? None noticed it out? Uh, I'm not going to act like I have a vast knowledge of her. This is well, you know, you're an expert and a historian, so I just well, I was about to say I am, and when I do know about a subject, you know, I'm going to make sure that you know that I know about it. Uh, but this particular one, no, I actually, uh, uh, you know, we got Thanksgiving next month with Black Friday, and I always try to take advantage of um, IVP, the guy who produces all the Puro DVD mm. sets and whatnot. So I know he has a few uh, Kana Blu-ray sets, so might have to look into that. Um, all right, to to be followed up, to to continue, to be continued. I'll come back with uh, any kind of recommendations I come across. My God, something to look forward to, folks. Always surprises when the contrarians are around. Bob, <laughs> I know you have a detailed list in front of you. Feel free to read them off at your pace. Yeah, I don't really have anything. You know, I was looking through a cage match earlier today, and uh, a lot of a lot of the higher ring stuff like sounds good, but I'd have to go through it. Bro, I swear, I went, the way that Bob like leaned in and started looking at something on his, I was convinced he actually had something in his pocket there. That would have been quite the deal. Um, this isn't our expertise, folks. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Oracle, I'm assuming you're in the same boat as us. You haven't got any other recommendations for Act One? I have absolutely no idea. But we will have we will have for the other acts because you know we are fed peeled bootlickers famously. Mm. You got any Buddy Rose matches to recommend? Oh, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Star rating estimate on Buddy versus Connor. What you got, Oracle? Oh, I don't know, man. Buddy Rose could run those ropes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's proceed here to Act Two. Um, our our next match will be June 28, twenty seventeen. So this kind of Lay the groundwork a little bit. Um, you mentioned it earlier, Oracle. She came in. The most memorable match of that first few months is the Emma match for London, mm-hmm. which, as we've covered, yeah. I was there. Um, that match is fucking awesome, and it's a match that Emma has dined on for seven years now. Um, was that debuted- the first women's match that ever opened a WWF live premium event? Well, maybe, yeah, Bob, I think. Yeah, um, none are really jumping out before that. So, did you're saying Dawn Marie never opened any of them ruthless aggression shows? What you yeah, saying? I don't Bob, think so. It? No, because uh, uh, I remember watching it in real time, being like, "Holy shit, they're opening!" Because to me, that always felt like a much bigger statement than like the main event. Because yeah. you can build up and say, "This is why this is happening," but uh, yeah, that match rules. It's weird. Like that card is. Um, well, in fear of burying a show I attended, it's like that may have been the least packed with like you know the traditional like banger, the NXT takeover is it like because Bailey's match was Nia, the revival <laughs> had to wrestle Enzo and Cass. Well, Bailey, that that's the one where she did her you know BJJ training, right? Because she used a guillotine yes. to finish. Back okay, well, she's a shooter. Um, and the other match was Apollo and Corbin, <laughs> so. Yeah, My process God. of elimination, bro. <laughs> I mean, we laugh now, but Enz and Cass were like a—they were like too cool. Like people, they're a punchline, but they were fucking over there for no, their moment were. in the sun. And I remember that match was hot with that crowd. Yeah, no, it really was. The thing that this is a different thing, but it is—it um, is—it was amazing to me this weekend seeing FTR in London because when I saw the revival in London. The crowd showed which one's Dash, which one's Dawson. That was the chant they got. 
that and that was a thing back then, man. Like mm-hmm. people didn't they didn't really get that that act until the uh, American Alpha feud, right? And that's like four yep. months even after that. So yeah, now you're right. The end zone cast, I mean, they were the the attraction of that match. Obviously, Last you know, sometimes we, we fail ourselves as as people, but that was a thing at the time. Last question about that show, because obviously it's not about Takeover London yet. But that was the one where <laughs> is that the one where Sammy had the big comeback? He, yeah, the- he worked. He closed the. Sh- I think he closed the show of it with the TV match. They taped it for TV. I think was what they did. I just remember um, he had that fucking epic entrance because you Brits know how to have a, have a good time. I remember. Oh that. yeah. Well, we're famously great wrestling crowds, Alex. You know that. Yeah. That's right. We're famous. Absolutely. Yeah. Punk rock wrestling. That's what we call it, Bob. Punk rock wrestling. Anyway. <laughs> Enough about England, all right? So the match of Emma is great. The Bailey feud I mentioned earlier. Before we get into the matches we're covering here, uh, I wanted to give you guys a chance to wear because that, that program, I think, never gets enough love. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks of Bailey's matches with Sasha, but those Asuka matches are tremendous. Bob, any memories of that program where Asuka takes the belt and we get that famous shot of the poor kid crying because Bailey submitted to it? I mean, that is just great pro wrestling. Any memories of that stuff, Bob? Yeah, I agree. Not a lot of people talk about it. Like, the, the match they had in Dallas is incredible. Um and it just, I don't know what it is. If it's just, you know, they're not either one's best opponent, I guess, at the time. And it just kind of gets lost to history like that or whatever. But, yeah, I, I think it definitely should uh, get another look because uh, a lot of good stuff there. I've always thought that was a great example of a comparison we've made before where, like, at its best, NXT was, like, a good version of mid-90s WWF. You know, like, when, you know, like the Great Brett programs, it was, like, that flavor. You know, it was, like, serious Guys had time to go out there and just fucking wrestle. It was like the presentation was really striking at the time. Um, Alex, any memories of that particular program before we get into our you know, matches scheduled here? I think what was interesting at the time, because NXT obviously was not what it became even just within the next year. It, I think people didn't believe that they were going to fully commit with Asuka. I think they kind of yeah. just thought that she was just like another – challenger or a cog in the wheel and then when she wiped out bailey everyone was like holy shit because i remember mm-hmm. that's when she really started taking off uh famously in my own mind uh i chose the ring of honor show that night over nxt uh in dallas um what did i yeah well there was something really good on that show i'm, t- I'm completely blanking now oh it was roderick strong versus moose that match is yes it awesome. was great so anyway but with that so i think that's when people started like oh we're actually going with this young lady. And then she kind of just went on a tear and uh, already called out here. I know this is about the Bailey thing, but specifically wrapping up her 2016, she had that really good match where they brought Mickey back just kind of on a, at the time, a one-off. Um, it was still kind of the, the making of a monster. And really by the beginning of 2017 is when I think people started to see, hey, this killer's here type thing. Look, folks, this show's about Asuka, but... I ain't missing this opportunity. Do you know how to kind of savage you gotta be to go out there and have a fucking banger with Moose when you're leaving the territory in like a month? You know the kind of animal you got. I just imagine sitting there and being like, I'm leaving this place in two months. I just did a job to Bobby Fish. Why don't I go and give Moose the best match of his life? You know? I I do not doubt or question that it's Moose's best match ever. It it's it's great. Uh I, I'm remembering now more about that show. The opener was fucking Christopher Daniels versus Bobby Fish in a Geritol on a pole match. That's right. <laughs> tremendous, tremendous stuff. Oracle, 
you may have been the ring of honor show that night but i'm sure you caught up um any memories of bailey versus Asuka, and then Asuka's 2016 as a whole the mickey match i'm glad you brought it up because i'd forgotten that that's very good uh yeah like those bailey matches fucking ruled i, I always remember the finish of the first bailey match because it kind of came out of nowhere Mm-hmm. And like the way that they filmed it was kind of like poor. I don't know. Like it was like it was yeah. almost like they didn't capture. Like it's weird. So like when she submitted, you didn't know that it happened. And I don't know. I guess the crowd was kind of. I was. It was very weird. But mm-hmm. like, in some ways, it ended up working because people were like, "Holy shit!" Like Bailey's like, yeah, she lost. Real, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they did this did... great like redemption angle over the summer where like Bailey oh, was like defeated and like she finally beat you know she got like all this monkey off her back and she was like okay I'm gonna do it and then she fucking lost and like in some ways the the Brooklyn two match is even better I think so yeah um yeah that, did Bailey go the to Mickey, the, main the Mickey matches she went so she went after the the second match yeah because. Okay. I always remember it being like a moment where you realize NXT was different. I've talked about this before, but in July 2016, they did the brand split came back and they did call ups. You had six call ups from NXT. And obviously, all of us dumb fucks were like, well, it's going to be Finn, Joe, Asuka. Because, like, you know, if it, if, it was, if it was a shoot and you had six picks, of course you would pick. And they called up Apollo, Corbin, Carmella, Alexa, and Nia. <laughs> well, NXT kept. Fuck it. No, Finn went up too, but NXT kept like Joe, Asuka, Bailey. And that was when you kind of realized, oh, Triple H ain't like, he ain't rushing to lose his toys. You know, I mean, she went up like the month after, but yeah, that was an interesting time. And Asuka stayed there for another fuck, 15 months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of wild to look back on that time, right? It's a, a strange moment in time, but yeah, but, she went up soon. But she had done like, I'm not crazy, right? She did like a one-off on the yeah, main she, roster. She was Sasha's uh, mystery partner in like in the around the same time as the draft, like July 26th, which made it even funnier that she wasn't picked. Yeah. Okay. She came. She came out and won a match with Sasha, and they're like, "Yeah, we want Nia Jax on Raw." <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought up it because before we get into this match, one of the things that makes 2017 such a great, like, impressive feat from Asuka's point of view. Is the division changed an awful lot? I mean, I just said those names in jest, but that was kind of the core of the division. In a month, you lost Bailey, Alexa, Carmella, and Nia, and that was what NXT's group had become after the Horsemen had left. So this run in 2017 is very much women that are coming in the promotion after her, and she is elevating them by sharing the ring with them. Speaking of such, I think that's the most obvious example. June 28, 2017, NXT TV, Nikki Cross, lost from standing, before we talk about the match, I'm sorry, I have to hijack the show again. I cannot tell you, fellas, how much I laugh when I realized this was Moro's first TV for NXT. Mm-hmm. I pumped my fist. I said, oh, I've, it felt like victory for me. Um, just how mad was you, Alex, when you heard Moro yelling and screaming about Last Woman Standing Business? I mean, Joe, and some of the listeners may know about this, like, we've had, we've known the problem that Morrow presents long before he got to the world wrestling federation, uh, as MMA fans and whatnot, going back to the pride fighting days, elite XC strike force, uh, Bellator, even uh, that's more recent, but there like, and even the boxing fights he called, like he called the Canelo Mayweather fight. He called yeah. the McGregor Mayweather fight. 
this dude's called some high level prize fights, but he always he was annoying, but he was kind of restrained. He got to the fucking NXT and working for the WWE, and boy, like it was just the the cuffs. It was that Buddy Murphy tweet. The cut the chains were off for Mauro Ronello as he. And it's funny because we can compare it between this one and the next one we get into. Like he's even more unhinged a year later. So mm-hmm. it's uh, he's a nice guy. I've met him. I did an interview with him one time. Very very nice guy. He's fun to talk to, but I just do not like his commentary, and I feel it hurts the product that he's a part of. That is so much worse that you've had like a positive interaction with him, and you still just <laughs> light him up. His commentary, and he's he could he's a he's a he was nice to me when I met him, and he could be the greatest guy in the world. But I I don't like your commentary, dog. That's fair. People are a little mean. That's all, you know. Like people like Bob, they get a little bit personal sometimes. You know what I mean? Well, I will say, and this isn't the Morrow Hour, and I'm trying to keep it on track as much as I can. I will say, the problem is with his style; he opens himself up to higher levels of criticism because he commits so much to what he's doing, uh, and he says these things that he thinks are going to sell T-shirts. And it's not, you know, Bobby Heenan was genuinely funny. Could just say something off the cuff. And the difference with that is it seemed genuine. Whereas Morrow, and I, when you listen to his commentary, you're like, he's been rehearsing this for four days oh, in the mirror. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone would argue that. I think mean, that's absolutely <laughs> fair. Um, and I'll bet Bob's favorite announcer. Let's move on to this Nikki Cross match. We've teased it enough. I don't care how often. Pieces of shit like Bob dismiss NXT TV and talk about binging it, and there's a, it was boring, really. Nothing ever happened. This show fucking ruled. They would do like free squash matches. They would give you a six minute only Lorcan match in the middle, and then you would get your main event that got fifteen to twenty. God, it was a wonderful time. We'll circle back to that, Alex. But for now, thank you. <laughs> focusing on the match itself. Um, you know, early on, I was watching it thinking. I remember this being a heated deal and the crowd wasn't that loud initially. Cause this is like a few years into full cell being like, they kind of spoiled or right? they get loads of shit. It's whatever. So like the way they changed this and remedy, this is just Nikki basically just gives Asuka like a clean slate just to beat the shit out of her. Like she's just like feeding her face and I like, she just lights her up. And I thought that was such a simple, but absolutely perfect way to approach this match because Nikki as tough as she is, her offense isn't nearly as impressive as Asuka's, right? That just is what it is. I think she'd be the first to perhaps admit that. So this was absolutely the correct way to do this. I mean, the perfect example is the trash can spot where it's like, like that spot looks like shit in anyone else's hands. That thing looked horrific with Asuka throwing those kicks, didn't it? She was like, mm-hmm. it was denting and making crazy noise. It's you know, obviously they get more elaborate stuff as they go, but it really stood out to me revisiting it. How simple the matchy strengths are, which is that basically Nikki just gives Asuka like a body to kick the shit, kick the shit out of for the most part. And it, the crowd gets into it as they go. Um, Bob, what did you think of the, the last one standing match? Yeah, I thought it ruled. Um, like I said, one of the better NXT TV matches of all time, I think. Uh, the trash can spot was great. Um, Bro, the week after this, Roddy wrestled Bob Roode in a four and a quarter fucking world title match. You know, but he dies. Have you seen Drew McIntyre versus Oni Lorcan, Bob? Oh. Yes, I have. Yes, good one. That was awesome. Grin, grin grappler, NXT TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know the they got physical, but they kind of eased into it too, which 
you know, you don't always see in these matches. Sometimes it's just kind of going for the home runs the entire time. But, like, you know, the power bomb onto the chairs is cool. Nikki doing that spinning neck breaker off, like, the – I don't even know, like, where Oscar's propped up, kind of on the barricade, I guess, yeah. is what you'd call it. That was cool. And then, yeah, the ending's incredible. I kind of forgot that it ended like that, but just what a spot to do for the ending. And the thing that always I thought was great about the ending was a little thing that elevates it. I love that the table sh- that Nikki sets up is a decoy because mm. it makes the spot itself seem so much more organic and crazy. Like, Asuka doesn't care where that table She's just going to pull her off and the announce table's there, right? Like, rather than it feeling overly contrived, it allows it to feel chaotic and authentic. It was a really smart touch. The finish is, again, in fear of doing cliches. Everyone remembers that finish. Well, I guess but you don't, Bob. But those of us that mm. like wrestling remember that finish. Because NXT TV didn't do that shit all the time, man. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. Like, them doing that in full cell was kind of crazy. Like, a spot like that, they didn't do that, that often. So, I always remembered it. Um, Oracle, what did you make revisiting this 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 brawl with Nikki? Yeah, this is great, man. Like, uh, this is honestly one of the better last person standing, I guess, if you include yeah. men and women's matches that they've done, like, such a hard match 15 years right like it's i i mean i enjoyed the becky charlotte one that one's overrated but i mean i I, it's it's a good match yeah and and maybe i would maybe i would think differently but this this is still better in my opinion like this match was just i don't know they, they they did a really good job of like having the brawling early right and then they yeah. The way they paced the big spots and all the big spots delivered and like they did the crowd brawling and like the big spots within, you know, outside of the ring that you, that you want to see, they were appropriately brutal. Like it, everything fit within the characters of, of, you know, Oscar and, and uh, Nikki cross, like that power bomb spot, that delayed power bomb on the, it's just, I mean, Good fucking lord, man! Like yeah. all those spots are like all the big spots are crazy. Like, um, there was like there was a super pucks on the chairs or something, right? If, or, or or something like that. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. Um, the super it, it was in the table, which was which was crazy. It was in the middle of the ring, right? Didn't Nikki yeah. take one and then yeah yeah and then yeah, Nikki like right. bounced yeah, back yeah, and hit, yeah she did a yeah. back suplex on the chairs. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Yeah yeah yeah. And then like there's a big suplex on the floor, like right by the announce table. That yeah. that was like really hurdy. Um, of course, the uh, the finish looked great, and I really liked the delayed bump. It made it look more brutal to me. Like sometimes, like I don't know, like when they do like the like the way that the table broke. Like they hit mm-hmm. and then they bounce and they fell through. That to me, that always looks worse than like, yeah, you know, just simply, you know, falling, you know, clean through. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. This this is a great match, great brawl, um, really good feud ender because this 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 ended their program. Um, this was this was this was great stuff, man. I think it's so impressive how many stunts there are and how much like weaponry, but it always feels like it's playing out in front of you. You know, mm-hmm. a great moment is when Asuka throws a head kick and Nikki ducks and she kicks that light. It's like, it feels out of control, even though in reality it's a match constructed around three or four 
big time sports, it feels like it's organically kind of evolving yeah. and accelerating. It's just, it's so well produced and so well paced. It really does stand out on, on rewatch for sure. Um, Alex, what did you make of it? Yeah. And also I got my dates confused. I wrongly attributed the next match we're about to cover is happening the next year. Right. Of course, this yeah. was in the same year. Um, if I didn't correct myself, I would have driven myself mad with obsession. But, uh, man, 2017 was a special time. And there were matches like this that felt like they mattered and meant something. As uh, Oracle called out, it was the the blow-off for Nikki and Asuka. They had been feuding pretty much the entire year up until that point. There's one of my all-time favorite Asuka character moments when uh, the Iconics and Nikki Cross were both trying to get at her for the belt. And Oscar went into Regal's locker room and said, give them to me. And he said, which one? And she goes, all of them. And that was what like led into the four-way they had at the takeover that came up. And um, really good stuff. Uh, rewatching it. Um, couldn't believe Oscar didn't get knocked out on. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't know the name of the move, but Jimmy Rave called it gonorrhea. It's the move where you hook the back of the head and swing them around and slam them yeah. on the back of their head. Oscar hit so hard on that. Uh, so that was like the main spot that stuck out to me that I didn't remember with the suplex power bomb on the chairs, the finish of it all. And, um, man, Nikki was great. That thing she did where she like after the match where she's getting tended to medically. And she's like, just kind of like half laughing, half dying. And, mm -hmm. you know, Oscar having the hard time getting back up to her feet. And you felt like a real battle was at hand. I mean, it's a big, loud, stupid match, but it's, um, it's not as big and loud and stupid as one of the other ones we'll talk about, but it's it's fun. And I remember this being kind of a turning point in the sense of, you know, um, uh, Stephanie McMahon had invented women's wrestling about two years before this. And this was finally like when people were over the novelty of women doing the things guys do. Like, yeah. oh, they can hit each other with chairs, too. Like that type of thing. And I think it was like, I remember it being accepted as one of the first matches that did this kind of stuff that wasn't just like, oh, this is crazy for a women's match. If that, yeah. you know, so I remember this kind of, it's not like my favorite match in the world. I don't think it's the best match Oscar had that year. I don't think right. it's the best NXT TV match or anything like that. But uh, I remember it kind of served as like a turning point. And it's a, it's a fun one to go back and rewatch. And <laughs> brother, we didn't know what we had with that weekly NXT show. That's what I was thinking watching this. Well, we know to blame. You know these pieces of shit. We just binge it and fucking take take advantage of it and skip through the Roderick Strong squash match of the week. You know, okay, so oh, I, I don't need to watch the AOP squash match. Uh, you absolutely do. One of the best matches of 2017 was a 90 second match with the Authors of Pain versus Birch See? and Lorkin. So this one I'm talking go. about real grabs, yeah. folks. Real fucking grabs. <laughs> this whole shit we have now, you know. Well, it doesn't rate well on cage match. There's only one real match. Exactly. Wrestling but, television. You know. So, sorry, Joe. I, I got it. We we have to when we get here. Like, remember this? Like, weekly we would get this show, and it wasn't on TV or anything like that. Oh. And it was – it's still – the problem is, is as soon as, like, they started calling NXT the best kept secret – or, no, that was our buddy Bud. They called it uh, – <laughs> NXT. NXT is like the it's a secret no more. They kept saying something like that, and but that window in time we had, man. Every Wednesday when this popped up and it was time to watch NXT, that that was my weekly TV show, and it, 
I mean, even, even at that point, it wasn't really a secret anymore. I remember, like, in 2013 when it was getting rave reviews from, like, the yeah. message board nerds. And, like, nobody was watching reading, it. Yeah, the first time I really took notice of NXT is when they ran fucking uh, Phil Punk and Seth Rollins against the Kings of Wrestling. I was like, wait, what's going on Yeah, that, that was, like, late 2012, right? Yeah, and, yeah. um, yeah, the secret was, like, this is two years after the fact. Remember they ran that house show the night before WrestleMania or the Friday mm-hmm. before WrestleMania in 2015? Uh, yep. um, the matches from that exist on film on some of the uh, Blu-ray sets, the unreleased matches. <laughs> yeah. it, it was shot like a house show. It's just the one static hard cam, but some of the matches you can find uh, from that. Um, it, it was a wild time, man, and I think Asuka was like very important. It's important that we discuss this with her because she represented something so different than anything yeah. on mm-hmm. WWE, even though they were pushing the, Hey, girls can play now too with like Sasha and Charlotte and all that. But it's still the, all those matches on the main roster were the fucking still the Tori Wilson hop, skip and a jump collar and elbow matches that like, it just still felt like the same shit over and over again. And then yeah. you turn to NXT and there are the other things that you're like, Oh, this is great. But then they have this, colorful non-english speaking just killer of a women's champion and that's another thing man like vince as xenophobic as he is gave up on the idea of the the foreign menace a long time before this so having this idea of someone who doesn't speak english and just runs through people and not in like a Mm -hmm. evil foreigner kind of way i'm sorry to go down this rabbit hole but it's like she was a big fucking deal for the people like us that were dedicating time to NXT. And it really to us that drank the Kool-Aid and bought into it. She kind of epitomized what triple H and, you know, the new movement was trying to do. So I, I think she was a very central character. 2017 is such an interesting time because he begins to, you begin to see triple H's influences. And I have given triple H a lot of shit for his booking because I think he's not particularly creative guy. But his taste is something that I think a lot of us fuck with because he, like, it kind of became like the actual alternative within the company, which is the dumbest thing ever. And we all remember how silly it sounds. But they did fucking war games, man. Like, yeah. And, like, the ta- the perfect example is this match is great, by the way. Having Trent Seven been in that match is, again, Rod Strong, Wild, wild yeah. Legend. Um, Trent Seven. Amazing. Hero. I've never seen someone fail more uphill than that guy in wrestling. God bless him. That match is unbelievable. But that's another part of it where you saw like NXT taking its own shape. When the tag belt suddenly popped, do you remember when like the revival matches became like a thing? And it was like, holy shit, this is like our version of like the fucking Brain Busters. (laughs) You know, Arn and Tully wrestling belts back in the day. It was amazing. Talking about Bailey and uh, Asuka, the Brooklyn rematch. That was the same night as Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz 2, which I was at. And so I didn't watch that takeover, but I remember getting on like Twitter and shit, like people were losing their minds over the DIY revival match because obviously they had been working together, but they hadn't had anything of that high profile. And that was like overnight, those four guys were made with that. That's the other thing I miss about this time. TV was great. I love they did actual house shows. I love the little Easter eggs we'd get from those and the videos that would come from them. They did a title change at a house show. It was a special time. It was just fun, man. It was it was so cool. Um, I think yeah. to tie it back to Oscar one last time, the thing with this is like Nakamura. You just give that guy TV time; he's going to work. 
And he was obviously a fucking superstar already in Japan before he came over. And Asuka as Kana obviously was a big deal. But like, I I don't know if anyone could have foreseen that she would have connected in that environment as well as she did. Absolutely. And in fear of going elsewhere again, I have to say this because we're never going to do a grin grab for Nikki Cross. Um, Look, man, she wanted to play that character. God bless. I hope it allows it to sell eight by tens forever and ever. But there was there is something to Nikki. She's very unique as and she can do a lot of things. She's very versatile. I hope whatever she does next is like, you know, the kind of thing that can get her back on television. Because man, like it's easy to forget how capable she is because this last couple of years has been Yeah. It's been something. So what are you talking about, man? She got to lose to Charlotte Flair at a stadium pay per view. Well, you know. She tried. She tried her best. No, yeah, yeah. It just it just makes me think of speaking of Charlotte Flair. It makes me think of uh, when uh, you know the Oscar fun kind of was ruined. We'll get to it. And yeah, let me get, yeah, let me get mad first, and then Alex is going to get mad after. Yeah, I know. Well, no, I'm I'm talking about when she's you know knelt down and swore you know. Fealty oh, to no, we, we know. Well, Flair and, you know, I'm going to get mad uh, first, and then Alex is going to get mad, right? Okay. Asuka versus Ember Moon. Take over Brooklyn. Uh, this, of course, is the sequel to an incredible match from Dallas, which uh, if you've never seen that one, because that one often gets forgotten, that's not a long match, and it is, like, spectacular. Um, Asuka had kind of lent... Orlando? Yes. Correct. Yes. 2016 was Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my bad. Um, what else was on the other? Was that Shin and Bobby? Yeah, yeah the second one, which was too. good, but their first match was first incredible. One, yeah. yeah, it was. See, this is <laughs> why. This is, see, this is we need more of this, you know? Bobby Roode, praise. We're talking about Roderick. This is, we're having a great time tonight, folks. <laughs> anyway, back to this. I actually see these two work a, uh, a house show. On, in like June was a hell of a fucking time. Um, Folks, here's the deal. I watched these matches out late last week to be prepared. I've rewatched this match like three times since then. This is the most incredible display of offense in any woman's match in the history of WWE. It is better than 99% of male matches in WWE. Every single thing in this match looks incredible. Every bump is explosive. The offense is spectacular. They have a super kick false finish that makes the whole place like explode. It is the art form that is professional wrestling, the king of sports. Um, I'll get back to the finish later. I fucking love this match. The Oracle of Wrestling, what did you make of it? Oh, yeah, this match is great. Holds up. Um, this, this rematch was like a big fucking deal at the time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the finish always kind of bummed me out because I don't even, I don't even, <laughs> not even like a huge Athena fan, you know. I mean, like, I think she's a very good wrestler, but like, I was like, it wasn't so much that like I just, I've always been a firm believer of you, you lose when you leave a territory, but. You know, and then you, but then of course, you know, you get sent to feud with a 
you know, an even shittier version of Emma and <laughs> get built up to win the Rumble. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that. And then, you know, it was all for not anyways. Um, but <clears throat> point being, it would have been much better if she would have just lost here and we wouldn't have had to, I don't know, maybe not, but <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel as strongly as, 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 uh, uh, Alberto Garza up there does, but uh, <laughs> but but um, yeah, the match is incredible. I mean, the match is absolutely tremendous. The drama down the stretch is incredible. Oh, um, the near fall on the eclipse made me oh. lose my fucking mind at the time. Still an incredible near fall. The super kick near fall, like you said, um. Oscar trying to find ways to cheat to win, like holding the tights on the crossbar. Just an exceptional, exceptional match. Um, great finish, even too, even with the you know controversy surrounding the decision. But like, just an incredible match. Just sensational. Um, it's too bad, you know. There's shouting going on in the commentary, but like it, the match was outstanding. Roche Garoche. Bob, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with Oracle. You know, incredible match. Crowd's just into it the whole time. Um, and, you know, I got into it too. Really didn't get to take a ton of notes for this one because I was just focused on it. And uh, the only really takeaway was that Ember should have won. Well, here we go, folks. We're pretty, <laughs> we're, we're pretty united on this so far, you know? Usually I have a lot of pushback when it comes to Ember Moon slash Athena. Jack Crosby sends me a lot of spiteful messages. Um, confirmed she used to spend me, send me a lot of spiteful messages and then realized that she was now one of the three good workers in the AW Women's Division. Is since backed off. But I feel supported here. You know, I feel my friends have my back. But I sense that the name Contrarian is never going to be more fitting than he's about to be. Alex, what did you make of this? Uh, Oscar's worst title match. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay, so something we need to address immediately as it pertains to Athena Ember Moon. Um, I literally like watched her first matches in wrestling back in like 07 with the Texas indie scene. You know, there were weekly shows, so I was watching her monthly, if not weekly, at the beginning mm -hmm. of her career and same thing with fucking Keith Lee back then he was known as Kevin Payne. And so with them, even now watching them on TV, I'm just kind of like, ah, it's players yeah. club, like this heel stable they were in. So like I, in inspire and like I've watched her constantly. So it's kind of this thing of like almost diluted. And so I have a hard time gauging, how I react to her versus other people just because I'm so like almost like intimately from a wrestling standpoint used to her work. And so mm -hmm. um, that is something to call out if I don't seem as engaged in this match as everybody else, but it was very good. It was very good. Uh, so I put in my notes, Nigel and Morrow do the exact same thing on commentary and forcing in like a name drop. But when Nigel does it, it's endearing. And when Morrow does it, I'm like, shut up. Cause like <laughs> Nigel's like, Shades of Minoru Suzuki. And I'm like, hell yeah. And then Morrow says some dumb shit about hip hop. I'm like, dude, just shut up. Um, what else do I have here? <laughs> uh, 
Devin Oracle had mentioned it earlier, but this was when uh, Asuka was kind of turning into like the. She was acting just kind of like the head cheerleader, kind of stuck up bitch of everything I do is better than you do. Like her little mannerisms and whatnot. It was really cool. And she was just untouchable at this time, man. People, that's what made this match exciting at, at the time was just people like, who the fuck's going to beat this woman? And everyone just saw, uh, assumed. Well, she's got to be leaving soon, so Ember Moon's going to win, and that did not happen. I do like the touch of Asuka's desperate and tries to cheat to win, but in the end, she doesn't really need to. I don't know why. I don't know what that says. Probably, in hindsight, makes Ember look kind of bad. But uh, where I will contend, her winning here was not the problem. The problem was they did something very stupid down the line that made this seem like a problem. The... In one foul swoop, they kind of undid all the good faith with Asuka, and it's this domino effect of you starting to question, like, well, then why did she have to beat this woman? Why did she have to beat this one? Why did this have to happen? That type of thing. So, uh, well, it's it's coming. It's not far off the horizon. It's coming up. But, like, a um, little bit of overacting, like the NXT Shawn Michaels stare at my hands yeah. type shit. It's just par for the course with that, though, unfortunately. I did realize, though, in doing this, that's kind of the brilliance of Asuka is because she is so like effervescent and just kind of overly emotive about everything that nothing she does as far as reactions seems stupid. Like if she does react like, ah, like when something happens, it's like, Oh yeah, she would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And lastly here, I did go back and look at it. I had this as my number 11 match of the year in 2017. Okay. Do you have the list in front of you? I I do. I have it for the next three years just because I know we're going to be referencing it. Now, feel free to um, protect yourself by leaving out some names that may no longer be, uh, you know. You know yes, yeah, so uh, 10 and 9 ain't worth bringing up uh, <laughs> because of that. Uh, number 8. Number 8, Nakamura, Bobby Roode, TakeOver San Antonio. Number 7, AJ Styles, John Cena from the Royal Rumble. Okay. Number six, uh, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar from Survivor Series of that year. Oh. Number five, the uh, Monster Four Way from SummerSlam, the main event with Big mm-hmm. Joe Roman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I st- I stand by this, but only one person's going to pop for this: Matt Riddle versus Gunnar Miller from the SCI oh, yeah. 2017. <laughs> uh, number three, we had Okada Omega from Wrestle Kingdom. That you can. Make fun of it all you want. It's still like one of the greatest title oh, matches ever in wrestling. Amazing, yeah. Uh, here you go, Joe. Uh, Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne from Takeover Chicago. That was an insult. That was unnecessary. You, you, that didn't need to be directed at me. That was unnecessary. That was that was unfortunate. They chant UK in that match. That, that exactly. Was that was that shouldn't have been paired with me. That was unfortunate. I thought I was going to get like a Roderick Strong match. Then I was like, you know, that's the Chicago one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roddy sprinkled throughout this. and Well, Roddy also didn't start, like, really showing out until the next year when they put him on those tag matches yeah. in 2018. Yeah, because he's uh, a baby face here, right? Still a baby face. Yeah. And then number one, if anyone's followed me on Twitter longer than two minutes, they know it's Goldberg and Lesnar from WrestleMania that year. Yeah. yeah. Bob, you got the action figure next year? Um, My God, that head! Did you see that <laughs> Undertaker deal we did? That's one. Well, I meant the, the Bill one. That's fine. Oh. Works. That's fine. oh, you got the old That's- man Bill? Hell yeah. Dead rolls. That Undertaker head shift he did was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, because I knew I had. I'm going to have to find it. Fair. Um, I'm the... glad we 
lighten the mood here a little bit because obviously I have to address some things. Um, your, your, the, I yield the floor to you. Yeah. Um, I actually think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of credibility to the argument you you went with there. Of if the rest is of the story is done correctly, this is not as big a mess. You know, like if Charlotte does it, you know, it, it makes sense. I agree with that. At the same time, um, this was the moment. This was the time. This was clearly it. The best way to see how much so is the fact that in the, the introductions, it's a split crowd, but they're leaning Asuka. And by the end of the match, when they're doing like dueling chants, it's shifted and there's like an actual majority that wants the title change because it just felt right. The match was that hot and that fucking good. Um, in all seriousness, I'm not actually going to get super mad at result. It is what it is. Um, Athena is a flawed talent which would have meant for some of her frailties being a thing anyway. I really would like to see the timeline where she gets this win to see how it works out because I think we can all agree that her winning the belt in a four-way while Asuka watched on and handed her the belt was not exactly, you know, that wasn't it. Um, but I think, you know, like most of the wrestlers I like, while her career is maybe not glittered with kind of stardom and success, I think she's had a very good career. So I'm not going to, you know, there's no point being dramatic as much as it would be good for content's sake. What I will say about this match is it is an incredible marriage of like the modern um, work rate match, but it is wrestled with such passion, you know? Mm-hmm. When Ember comes out of those gates and fucking drops Asuka, they are working at like this incredible pace, but it never feels like they're being showy about it, you know? It's like they're in, they're locked in. The work on Ember's shoulder is great, which is something that established on the TV show, the way it's sold. Some of Asuka's work on that show, like, it's just so fucking good. And honestly, all bits aside, I would rather we do a better job of, like, remembering how good this match was rather than what has happened, which is it's become its only place in history is why didn't Ember win? And it's like, look, man, I think it's a very fair question. I think she should have won. But I think this match is, like, incredible and i think it's too often just forgotten because the result is anyone anything anyone ever talks about like this match is fucking amazing man like, oh, yeah. that's a story cool. for a lot of like this nxt golden age is like yeah it seems like the actual matches are overshadowed by either talks of booking or mm-hmm. just this like mythos of what it is and yeah. when you get down to it like the two things we talked about and all the shit we can't stop bringing up this was a great fucking wrestling product dude yeah. and uh i can't believe i rewatched this and I, I remembered from watching it they do that oscar does that awesome shitty heel thing of putting the disarmor on her and then staring at becky and the commentary does not acknowledge it at all that's so i actually tweeted a clip of it after this match they come back from like the break or whatever they've cut it out wherever it was and they showed kevin owens and samoa joe in the crowd and they get these like big pops and I said, as much as it became a meme when they'd have new signings in the crowd, how fucking cool was it, Takeover, when top guys and top stars would be in the crowd watching and they would get that moment when the crowd would... That, like, I mean, Alex and I are big fucking combat sports guys. When there's a big prize fight, there's nothing cooler than when they do like, the round of the crowd and there's all of these superstars watching. And there was some touches this presentation that were fabulous. Again, I think Ember should have won, but uh, it would be... I'm not going to be performing for that. I'm just glad this match exists. This match is fucking awesome, man. Like, I hope one day, sincerely, I hope that Athena's AEW run goes the way I think it could. 
and people can look back on this without the it, what could have been and just kind of accept it as being great, you know? I don't know if it will go that way because, you know, there's some hurdles in the way of any woman in AEW. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but I think, you know, Bobby and uh, Oracle can attest that it's become pretty clear that even post the Achilles injury, she's still like one of their top, very, oh, yeah. very much top workers. So hopefully if she gets a great run there, we won't have to spend so much time us four Ember Moon fans being like, what could have been in 2017, you know? But I don't know, man. It's a fucking awesome match. That's what I do know. I do, and last compliment to it. the She hits the Eclipse, and there's still like six or seven minutes left to go in the match. I do like the idea of like, now you just wait till the end and you trade finishers, but the idea of like, this is my move. I'm going to put everything into it that yeah. I can and hope it ends the match, and as soon as I can hit it, that's best for me. And the match is so well paced that even though it's hit like blunt and isn't in transition, she just hits it. They actually think it's the finish because it's that well wrestled, you know, in lesser workers hands, they would never would have bought it because the way it was placed in the match, but it was paced so perfectly. God, it's just such a great match. Genuinely. It's incredible. If anyone's not watched this in a while and they'd listen to this and they remember it, revisit it. Like it's that good. It's just an exceptional match. They had such great chemistry. Um, okay. Other hits from, this act we mentioned emma we mentioned the bailey feud the other ember match is there any others that we have to we have to cover i think like we've kind of covered the whole run almost here right for for Esca. she had such a presence that like you're not going to go wrong by even if it's a squash match watching any match she had at this point in time mm -hmm. uh it it was rewarding to watch the weekly shows because there was joe you might remember this there was this they had built up Liv morgan and it was like this month long thing where they announced, I think three weeks out that uh, on, you know, July 14th, uh, uh, Liv Morgan versus Asuka, the match was fucking 20 seconds long. Like Liv Morgan ran at her and Asuka took her down and just immediately tapped her out. And I was like, well, that was awesome. Because, yeah, you know, that's not something that normal that you're accustomed to on TV wrestling. So that. The four-way from the January takeover is just kind of chaotic. And, you know, God bless the Iconics, but they were still pretty fresh at the time. But, man, anything from this time period you can find. I went to one of the NXT house shows in 2017. was fortunate enough to do that. Uh, it was Finn's last show. The main event was Finn and Nakamura against Samoa Joe and Bob Roode. And uh, the women's <laughs> undercard match was it was Asuka defending her title against Nia. And they just did, like, this comedy-style match that was very, very entertaining. Like, um, Nia hit the jackhammer and Asuka kicked out and the place went fucking insane. Like it was just, <laughs> it was a different time. So my recommendation is like anything you can find of Asuka during her NXT run is worth watching just because it was so different than anything else. I've talked about this before, but this, this show is a love letter to NXT. <laughs> July 16th, 2016 house show main event. You ready for this? Hmm. American Alpha, Bailey, Finn Balor, and Shinsuke Nakamura mm. versus Bobby Roode, Alexa Bliss, Samoa Joe, and The Revival. Wow. My God. What did we do wrong? Where did <laughs> we fuck this up? Did you just hear that team? That was like my faction or something. Did you hear it was like the Holbert family? Did you hear them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alexa, Bob Rude, Sam Joe, Dash and Dalton. <laughs> I could have been out there. 
It's that uh, mm. meme, like, be ashamed if someone mm. ruined it, but it's Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa in the background. And here comes, and here comes the manager, Roberto Garza, <laughs> as he comes up here. Joe in the fucking Grand Wizard headset. Look at my men. They're infallible. <laughs> Seriously, though, we've had a lot of fun with it, but, like, I, I think I can speak for Alex in saying that while we're framing it a certain way, our message is absolutely sincere. This stuff fucking ruled, man. God, yeah. I miss it. I miss it so much. But NXT has become this like punchline slash. It's and and again, NXT is not even what ten years old, it, or I guess yeah. in the name is. But like, right. man, we just had like a blessed run there, though. And if, if you're new to the game or and you've never really revisited it or seen it at all, going back and watching some of that golden age shit. I mean, the weekly show was 45 minutes. You can just mm-hmm. binge that shit, man. Yeah, it ruled. It really did. Oracle, Bobby, any other matches from Act 2, NXT, Ron, Frask? Any other matches that need shout out? We've covered most, right? Yeah, I think we covered pretty much all of it. Um, I saw Asuka face Billy Kay at one of those house shows in 2016. It was fun. I mean, you know, not the pedigree of some other people she could face, but it was good enough, you know. How, how hard did she hit in that one, Bob? She was laying it in there. She was? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, For a couple, couple minutes. Yeah, you know. Oracle, anything to shout out? Yeah, uh, somebody did mention the Nia Jax match, which was a pretty good match. Yeah. Um, take like, over uh, the end. Yeah, take over the end. They also had a good match in Japan that was like taped and like aired at the end of the year. <gasps> um, Japan TV. Oh, baby. As they did a title change in Japan, remember? That's right. My God. Speaking speaking, speaking of uh, performing, which uh, Joe did not do for the um, Ember Moon loss. So, like, at at work, I was I was I was in the break room, and uh, someone someone had undisputed on. This is yesterday morning, and it was it was Skip Bayless talking about Baker Mayfield and defending him, and like I was like I was doing something, like there are other people in the room. And I was like, just like trying not to burst out laughing. <laughs> like people were like looking at me, and I was just like desperately trying not to like laugh at this Tremendous. incredible performance going on on the television. Bro, I was convinced because I said the J- the Japan TV, and you said speaking of Joe not performing, I was like, Jesus, Sam Joe Stray on the fucking. Because <laughs> I remember those matches being. Uh, well, you know, we don't need to get into that. That's fine. But um, but yeah, it ruled, folks. We miss it. Someone save us! Our TV squash matches. Fuck, it's all gone. Act three. Before we even cover the matches, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Main roster. She works. Emma. Edge thought the match was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Why would you taunt yourself with that? It's terrible. Dude, I, I said on the last one I was going to wear it, and then I just stared at it today, and I was like, nope, forgot, it's cursed. Yeah. It's one of those I got at the weekend of because I thought it was going to be this big coronation and something cool to have, and now it just will sit in my collection and collect dust. Hmm. Um, Before that, Asuka has this realm where she basically beats everyone on Raw. Right? She beats Sasha, she beats Alexa, she beats everyone, she wins the Rumble. She picks Charlotte Flair, the queen, yes? I do need to say they were already fucking up here because this poor girl who obviously does not speak English. Well, I think the first time she was on raw, they asked her to go do a three minute live promo in the ring. And, you know, she's trying, 
to remember what to say while translating it to English, that type of thing. And it's just, this is one of the most frustrating things in the world because it's like they're doing the right things. Like, I don't know if you remember, she won the, she was the sole survivor at the Survivor Series team match. Mm -hmm. And then she won the Royal Rumble and she was beating people, but they were still like 50-50 and her promos were bad. And it's, it was like one of these things that when you're as jaded and watched as much as we have, you're like, okay, they know what to do and they're yeah. kind of doing it, but they're also like trying to cut this off at the knees as it goes along. So by the time we got to that goddamn fucking show in New Orleans, it was just kind of <laughs> like, come on, please just yeah. do the right thing here. Um, indeed. And uh, that brings us to it, that, that goddamn show in New Orleans, which is a very fair way of recalling it. WrestleMania 34, the night the wrestling died. <laughs> Charlotte Flair and Asuka Smackdown was title on the line um, this is not a match we're covering but it is the thing we just have to talk about to some extent the streak ends um, Alex I don't want to make you wait I want you know you can just you can go man you can just just speak about as much as you want go for it I'll take the floor and as negative as I get here uh, I'll swing back when I talk about how great the Kabuki Warriors were so yeah. stick with me all despite what that fucking nerd Seth Rollins may say, wins and losses are the only thing that matter. It's all that matters. And it, you want to know why I know that what's the biggest attraction in wrestling right now. It's the guy who hasn't fucking lost in two and a half years. That's what everyone wants to see. Cause they want to know who's going to beat him. And like, and people will say the bootlickers and defenders will say, well, she got that whole undefeated streak up until there or Charlotte needed to beat her. Didn't Charlotte lose to the fucking Iconics the next night or something like that? She lost the title like immediately, right? Yeah, Carmella, Carmella cashed in, yeah. Okay, a lot of fucking yeah, that did her. Out of her and then, yeah. Yeah. And in. God bless her. Asuka has had a great career with them. She fits in the mold well and has had successes that we'll touch on here to go. But it's like in that moment everything that led into that didn't fucking matter anymore. And that was the theme of that night. That was my, what I walked away from WrestleMania 34 with was you guys don't want me to care. I don't anymore. Uh, and so it's just like, it didn't matter all the, all she had up until that point. And the chase is the whole story. It's like when homicide won the ROH title or Jeff Hardy won the WWE title. Uh, you know, all that mattered was she won that match in the end and she didn't. And then she just became another person that lost to Charlotte. And then it didn't really mean anything. It really felt like, you know, and as we've seen over the years, there's been this fucking dick measuring contest with Vince and like wanting to show that he doesn't care what Triple H has done and the what he's built doesn't mean anything. And, you know, I knew something was probably not good when it went on third. I was like, well, we're probably not going to get some big coronation here, but it was still disappointing. And it's one of those things of, what makes it so much more frustrating is this isn't we know they know how to do these things and we know that they know what matters. And so the fact when they pull shit like this, it's like an extra, it sounds so stupid being a grown ass man that gets like invested in something I know is fake, but I want it to reward me. But when shit like this happens, it feels like they're saying, ha ha, we know that, you know, we know what we're doing, but we just want to yes. fuck you. And so it's, and then they took it a step further with the whole, and like I said, Oscar's not a fucking mark. So she was just like, all right, pay me. But that whole thing where 
Charlotte was ready for Oscar. That was just like a character assassination. Like nothing you would have seen in the canon of that character up until that point made any sense with that happening. And then this happens and mental dominoes. Well, why didn't Ember Moon win? Well, why did we go through this? Why did she win the Royal Rumble? Like, yeah. and brother, that happened twice that night because Nakamura won the Rumble too and ended up just mm-hmm. losing again. So it's like, in both those cases, Asuka a bit more dramatically because of what they had invested or what we and Triple H and like her run had invested into her up until that point. Um, and, you know, she won the belt and had good matches since then. Uh, never in a position to have a feature match at WrestleMania, but it really just felt like immediately she just became just another person. It's... Uh, Obviously, she didn't draw the money of Bill Goldberg, but it's similar in the sense of when Goldberg lost to Nash, just another dude. Like mm-hmm. this, that's what it is. I'm glad you talked about the uh, the way it feels as a fan because I think we're all hesitant at times to overplay it, you know, because ultimately we are fucking adults watching professional wrestling, right? I think none of us want to be that dude who's like yelling and screaming and making a fool of themselves. But like, there was absolutely a thing with the main roster where it felt like you were being aggressively insulted for, like, caring at all. Yes. And I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think we're all online enough to know what I'm talking about here. Like, that was especially exacerbated by the way people would talk about it. Like, like if you logged on that night and was like, why the fuck did my favorite wrestler make, get, like, destroyed like this as a character? People would be like, well, you know, she won for the last 18 months, bro. Like, you know, let, let someone else enjoy themselves. Charlotte Flair fans, it's like, fuck, no, I'm mad about it. You know, yeah. like... Mm-hmm. It's um, in so many ways. Like we joke for that night. That night is genuinely like an encapsulation of everything they they were bad at for that last what ten years of Vince's regime, fifteen fucking I don't know. But like, Jesus, man, like, just and that do was what like, people want sometimes, you know. And that was like the start of it. Like I remember people wanted Finn to win the match, but when Seth won, everyone's like, okay. And then with that, it was just like, oh God. Like we kept getting like hit with these shots and it's like, but that, you know, in hindsight, that being the most damaging to someone's character, because obviously Roman's come back and Nakamura's getting paid, that type of thing. But, you know, it's, I'm not comparing this to Star Wars, but I remember reading an article uh, in Forbes when um, the last one came out, Rise of Skywalker, that Mm -hmm. talked about you, there will be other Star Wars movies, that franchise will continue but Rise of Skywalker was the only chance they'll ever have to end the original saga. Yeah. And it's all that matters is that you stick the landing. And I think that's a decent parallel or parable for this Oscar situation of like, we can look back with rose tinted glasses and we do on how good her run was, but the ending was wrong. So it's always going to be looking back like, with yeah. life on its side of like, well, it was good, but it could have been great. And this is what drives me insane with like WWE defend us. And I don't even engage anymore, but I did back in those days, the thing of like, <laughs> well, if she, uh, <laughs> baby Yoda, uh, Kyrie is whatever, the, whatever the greatest character is in the history of the franchise is what Kyrie is. But, the, the argument people made were like, well, if she lost the next month on paper, you'd bitch. And it's like, probably, but at least she would have had the moment where she won and the conclusion of the story would have been right. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, 
honestly speaking, as long as she won that, she probably could have lost to Carmelo the next night, and it would have yeah. been like, ah, shit, but it's still, that moment would exist. And again, I'm sorry, just to finish it, because of their obsession with WrestleMania moments, despite the wins and losses don't matter, they know how much they want us to perceive what matters at WrestleMania is the only shit that matters. So it's, it's just like this giant abusive <laughs> self-loathing relationship they have or had with their fans. I don't know. Paul's apparently changed the world, but uh, it's, um, I think that has that particular night and that being the most egregious of which really, it, there's a reason we pinpoint that event as like the most shining example of what we're talking about. And I think that match and that character assassination was like the, the, the high point or low point. I agree with everything you said. I will say, though, the fact that the follow-up to it was that Carmel a few with James Ellsworth is definitely, like, an incredible layer to the bit, right? Like, yeah. you're right. If she'd have won and lost there, at least she had that moment. But the fact they not only ended the streak was also like, now go 12 minutes with Carmella. Like, fuck, man. What that was, was right doing? after when they brought back Ellsworth? Mm-hmm. I didn't remember. Yeah. That was right. Oh, my yeah. God. She was Carmella's program, like, to establish Carmella as champ. They had these, like, yeah, I had some matches. Like the, the Money in the Bank finish is Ellsworth is dressed as Asuka and it throws her off, and Carmella pins her. This is a different thing, but the it match in to... between. Oh, where, go ahead, I'm sorry, Joe. No, you can, when the Charlotte Carmella match in between is like one of the worst pay per view matches in the history of the world. Oh, that match is I, one of the worst matches I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. That's the one where like. They just lose their ways to come in and just grabs a hold and they just sit in it for like eight minutes because they, oh. they have nothing else that oh, they could yeah. possibly offer. So bad. Show's fucking awful. What was you going to say, Alex? That James Ellsworth, Ellsworth just showed up dressed as Oscar and they're like, oh, well, this is fitting because we were going to have you do this anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did she say Carmella was ready for Oscar when she won? She did not. No, I don't think so anyway. She might have. I think we all stopped watching around that time, you know? I, I could not remit, tell you anything that happened, but yeah, that's I'm just, Charlotte. You know, Charlotte, I'm glad they made a star. You know, Charlotte's big yeah. star. She's, you know, everyone, you know, the thing about Charlotte is, is, you know, she's been the champ. She's been the champ. You know, she's been, she had the bell a few times, you know, four, five, six, 14 <laughs> times. And, and, and what I like about Charlotte is, is, you know, because she's such a selfless performer as a 14 time champ. Yeah. When she's off TV, you'll notice that no one asks where she is or cares. And I think that speaks to how big a star she is, you know. I mean, every week I see speculation about Sasha Banks' return. And what? I never see that. That's how good Charlie's. They just know she'll be back eventually. You know, don't worry How about long it. has she been gone? Well, you know, she married Andrade and he came back four months ago. So she'll be back any time now. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen a wrestler regress more than charlotte flair and yeah. that's it's to your point it's she's had a tough road to get where she's at and i think it's it's deserved yeah she's a he's a big star i mean she drew many a house for them on the back of this win as we know um the only wrestler in recorded history to have more title reigns than sold t-shirts which is still <laughs> an incredible feat um you know in an era where every major sadly we got star, one right here baby <laughs> in an era where every major female star has got like a dedicated loyal fan base that drives everyone crazy she has managed to avoid that which i, I find to be admirable so by choice you know 
these are the games we play, um, Elliot. There was no reason to bring up that Samoa Joe Roman Reigns match. That one has been shot from the memory, erased forever. Oracle, Bob, anything on the streak ending? <laughs> no, I don't think it was a very good idea. Um, they probably shouldn't have done that. Fair. Oracle, do you co-sign this take from Bobby? Uh, I, I I do agree. Yes. All right, let's move on. Let's try and recover here. All right, December sixteenth, twenty eighteen, TLC Triple Threat TLC match. This pay per view was four hours long because this is when they ended the, the brand pay per view. Sarah had to go four hours. Um, the aforementioned Charlotte Flair is here. Becky Lynch is here. She is in fact the man. Asuka has kind of like backdoored her way into this scenario. Um, there was a very memorable moment when when Becky couldn't wrestle Ronda. She walked, she had the, the vision in front of her to pick her replacement. And when she went to Asuka, the whole place popped because people like Asuka, uh, which is always kind of surprising to those in power, I believe. <laughs> so here we are, come on after that, a, a huge moment in Asuka's WWE career, right? Seriously, I mean... While it isn't what it could have been with the streak and stuff, this did kind of get her back on track, and she's had a really nice few years since then. Um, I'll be totally honest with you guys. I'll lead the way with this, and then we can be more positive because it's been quite the last 20 minutes. These matches, these aren't my thing, man. You know? There's so much maneuvering of, like, ladders and positioning, and that's why the Nicky match at least feels organic. It's like... I don't know. It's a big old stunt show, but it is very, very well done. Um, Oracle, what did you make of the TLC triple threat? This is like an extremely entertaining match. It's just like, yeah, it's not like, I don't know. It's not like great necessarily in the, in the traditional sense, but it's just very fun to watch. Like it it's is, yeah. totally like crowd's great. And like, they just do like totally ridiculous shit. And like these long setups and like they take these crazy spots. There's one part where like, Becky Lynch just gets a chair and like is legitimately like violently beating the shit out of him with a chair. I was actually surprised at how hard she was hitting him. Later. Yeah, me too. Um, and then they did. Uh, there's the one spot that always stands out to me. For as much as we give Charlotte shit, was one where she like murdered Oscar with a spear and yeah. the barricade didn't even totally break. And then Charlotte did like, did, like her Hulk up shit. She's fun in this man. She's fucking physical. I would I would never say she's boring she's to watch like, in this she, scene. She, you know? she goes insane in this fucking match, and it actually kind of rules. It does. Um credit to Oscar since this is a uh you know podcast about her. She really held the match together in the first five minutes. Like she, she did, was yeah. like she was a standout mm-hmm. there, like kind of like the wrestling portion and getting thing every everything set up to like the early brawling and, and whatnot. She was excellent. Um, <laughs> Becky's leg drop is ridiculous. <laughs> like that looked like—I mean, that had to have hurt. Like she just like drops like ass first. She's and, like, tough. The as way fuck. that like the way that they like crumble and like ow. She's well, so that's the tough, thing where man. Charlotte her she had to have the wind completely knocked out of her. Absolutely, yeah. she, hit right lands. The, she hit her right in the wind, like right in the stomach. Well, and then they bounce because the mm-hmm. table doesn't break, and then it just mm-hmm. kind of crumbles. That was, I remember earlier this year, uh, Braun Breaker gave um, uh, Tom Chomper a Alabama slam on the announce mm-hmm. table, and it, the exact same thing yes. happened where he just hit it and bounced, and then like the table went like afterwards, like it's you know the Rainier Wolf Castle. The table does nothing. 
Uh, and you that's kind of that was so fucking brutal in this match. You can you can tell too, like after the spot, like Becky's like, uh, and then yeah. like Charlotte's doing the whole lot. Michelle's always kind of like, but she was like, Ugh. Charlotte was like, oh, <laughs> dude, there was like, an... my eye, my <laughs> eye. <laughs> there was an all time classic refusal to catch uh, Charlotte's moonsault in this match. Oh, where they beautiful. did the. The great one where they stand next to each other and both of them assume the other one's going to do the catch. She just goes directly in between them. <laughs> Which I am convinced and will always be convinced that is like the world's poetic justice after the way that Rick caught Sean at WrestleMania 24. You know when he just like moves out of the way? I think that was a curse. I think she, she's had to deal with the repercussions of that ever since. I'm convinced of it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, she, in all seriousness, Charlotte is a hoot in this match. But the first five minutes of it, as you said... <laughs> Asuka's stuff is incredible, man. Oh, my God. She's so on point. It's not this match. It's an absolute hoot. Bobby, what did you make? TLC, triple threat. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, you know, the thing with these sorts of matches is you're just going to remember the three or four big spots, and as long as those hit, usually you're going to find yourself enjoying it. And I think they did. You know, Oracle talked about the uh, barricade spear and uh, the leg drop and all that, and uh, – yeah, it was it was good, you know, it, and it was nice to see Oscar get the win and kind of get that moment finally, like you were talking about a little bit. Absolutely, Alex. I imagine this was a rewarding experience, a validating experience for you. Back on track. What did you think? Yeah, besides Oscar winning, uh, I love this match. I mm-hmm. think it's um, these type of big dumb WWE main events are necessary, and I like how mm-hmm. it feels that way. Like, if you watch nothing else on this show, and mother of God, I pulled up the rest of this card while you were doing the intro, Joe. I forgot this was the show where fucking Ambrose and Rollins had that ill-fated 25-minute match where they were feuding and, like, and and this match was the 12th match on the show, too. So, God (laughs) bless the crowd for sticking with it, but... It has that sense of just kind of like, all right, we know it's a main event, so we're just going like, to allow this to kind of build. And I love the it, triple threat matches. It always just, it's so simple, but people just complicate it. I just love that the the story is Becky and Charlotte are feuding, and then Asuka's like, fuck you, I'm right here, and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. So, like, that's the way it starts is Becky and Charlotte are in each other's faces going nuts. Charlotte is in peak form here. I think, I mean, sincerely, when I say she regressed, it's because at one point I held her in such high regard. I thought she was one of the best, like, consistent performers they had, or wrestler superstars they had on their roster. And when she wanted to, could, man, just be phenomenal. Yeah. There's this part at the end of the match where Asuka wins and they cut to Charlotte and she's just looking up pissed off. And she's not, like, selling. It's just this thing of, like, God damn it. And she's just, like, mad as what happened. And it's little things like that. She can't teach and what makes it mm-hmm. so good. Um, Oracle called out the horrendous uh, table bump. Dude, Becky, the nastiest bump in this match is Becky takes the military press off the second rope onto just a ladder that's laying on the ground, oh, like yeah. on her back. And, you know, I remember Brian Alvarez once saying, he's like, you know what's different about Mick Foley and Sasha Bank taking bumps is – Mick Foley's got a 300-pound fat ass, and Sasha Banks is a 125-pound woman. And it's like, with that's what I thought of immediately when Becky hit that. I was like, God, I can't imagine how painful that would be. Um, what else do we have here? <laughs> My note says, LOL, Ronda, because Ronda's pro wrestling walk 
Oh, it's just like the best thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> it's, but again, it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with Asuka. Asuka wins this match, which sets up the main event of WrestleMania, which Asuka isn't on. Like that's kind of where this all leads it's, to. It's even worse than that because not only is she not in the match, she doesn't get her own match because Charlotte just beats her for the belt at like last minute. Remember, that's always, the craziest part of it. I always thought like two weeks before. I, I, I always pop big. Sorry, Joe. Um, hey, you good, gun. I always pop big at, at the finish. Like Becky and Charlotte, are like fuck this. We've taken crazy bumps all fucking night. We're softly falling off this ladder. Yes, yeah, we are not fucking toppling over the ropes here and killing ourselves. We've yeah. taken way too much of the beating here. We're just gonna fall. We're just gonna I, lightly. But I feel like in the end, though, it it's a genuine crowd reaction. And when they sense what's going to happen, when Oscar's going to win, and they keep in man, Dunn must have had a gun to his head because he stays disciplined on this. They just keep that one wide shot, and you can see like people genuinely like not yet jumping up and down, but like, oh my god, it's going to happen when Oscar wins. Just gets this huge genuine reaction. Uh, I was smitten with this match so much at the time that it landed number two in my match of the year rankings. I, w- I would readjust that in hindsight, but that's how much I loved this match what at was, the time. What was the top five excluding problematic characters, Alex? Uh, number five, Andrade Cien Almos versus Johnny Gargano from TakeOver Philadelphia. Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lesnar and Brian from Survivor Series. Oh, yeah. The men's Royal Rumble match that Nakamura won, that is one of the best Rumble matches yes, ever. Second ruled, yep. And then, I mean, there's no other choice for 2018. Number one match of the year was PCO versus Walter from Spring Break 2. My God, it was a different time. <laughs> a different time. Um, this is, I forgot how bad that shit was, man. They got to like a month for WrestleMania. I was like, wait, who's Asuka wrestling? I don't fucking know. Sonya Deville or something, maybe. Oh, yeah. And they just said, this it was, the, you know, winner takes all and all that shit. It was just like days before, right? Yeah. It was I, a, a thing at the time. The big discussion was like, what is the SmackDown match? And they just, I guess they never asked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oscar was just like, mm. um, I think it's also important when you watch this is like the whole thing where people were mad when Charlotte got added. And it's like, no, that's clearly the story they had been telling for four months before this was yeah. it was like the three of them feuding. And the match was okay. But Rhonda, yeah. God bless her. Went into business for herself and made sure her shoulder wasn't down for that three count. Oh dear, what a time this was, folks. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, but um, you know, it'll be fun when they do uh, Ronda Becky again at WrestleMania this year. Yeah, because the air isn't out of the balloon, and it's definitely something people are still calling for. Yeah, exactly. Do you, Watching fucking do you think, Ronda do you think Rousey go 50-50 that, that, uh, with Liv Morgan. Do you do you think they'll actually do that now that Vince isn't there? You think you think Triple Paul will change the course there? Uh, I, Charlotte's got to come back sometime, and Paul was obsessed with Charlotte. That's so true. it's like I don't know. I the, my big problem is is like I think the women's division fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Whenever it comes to Mania time, they almost always land on matches I don't want to see, like I without know. foul. Like Bianca's match is going to be Charlotte, man. Like yeah. <laughs> and like, you know what know. that build's going to be, and you know how many times they're going to say the word athlete, and it's going to be fucking. You know, like you're gonna do cartwheel spots and shit like that. And it's like I don't, I don't know. Like all the one, like I don't want to see it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch it. I refuse. You're not gonna make me, Bob. You're not making me. I'm not doing it. Okay. And then the, so it's gonna be Charlotte and Bianca. It's gonna be Ronda and Becky. That's what the match is gonna be. Yeah. Look, mm-hmm. there's one thing I want at WrestleMania. 
And if that happens, the rest of the card can be Brian Cage matches. The American Nightmare, brother. Yeah. Codeman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I'm slightly concerned about, about the American Nightmare because Triple Paul. I don't know. Maybe maybe well, I don't know. He's he's too obsessed me. with perception. He'll make it happen. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People have been freaking me out, saying that like they're going to turn into Cody versus Bray at WrestleMania, and that would just be like I'm done. I would slowly like in fucking GTA Vice City. I would just okay, slowly hold on, walk hold out on, into the on. water. Hold on, hold on. Don't be too hasty. <laughs> Great callback there. Excellent. Don't be too hasty. Okay. Cody versus Bray, bad idea. Cody and Brandy versus Bray and Alexa. <laughs> We're talking box office, you know what I mean? You talking about Mike Knight, you know? They call you the American Nightmare. Well, I call you the American Liar. Oh dear, this match is a hoot. I agree with your description. I didn't like it, you know, as much as you, but I appreciate the pop it gave you. Um, it's not my thing, style, like just as, as a personal preference, but I could very much appreciate what it was, and I agree with you totally. You know, this being the main event, it was a really good fit, and especially after the match that came before it, which I had forgotten about until now. Um, so yeah, it's it's absolutely it's a, an absolute blast. I forgot that Charlotte's thing at this time was like the kendo stick. She's like the Sandman. Like a tr- like a signature spot, you know. It's like the bottle uh, of Powerade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it's a hoot. It's a hell of a time. It's like a, a big blockbuster action movie. So I did enjoy it very, very much. Okay, let's proceed. February tenth, twenty twenty, a glorious time in <laughs> Gotham City as Paulie dangerously leads our fearless Raw warriors into a brighter day. Little does he know that he is about to fall victim to the novel coronavirus. Uh, he didn't die or anything. He just lost the book. Um, <laughs> he, uh, Samoa Joe is doing angles with the Viking Raiders. Um, Kevin Owens is recruiting the big show for a hot trio's main event program. Andrade <laughs> is being... Andrade, Bud Matt, and Tommy End are the focus of a new generation. It was a wonderful time. And this is a great fucking match. This is like, this felt like one of those great Brett title matches. Right? When he wrestled Kid, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it had this really awesome feel to it. It's such a wonderful fucking experience. I really love this. Um, let's talk about the Becky Lynch title match. This is a rematch from Raw Rumble, which was a rematch from Raw Rumble before that. It's worth piecing that here before we go any further. Um, Asuka, as we just said, dropped the belt for WrestleMania. She did beat Becky at the Royal Rumble, which makes that even funnier, but nonetheless. Then post-WrestleMania, she was put with Kyrie Sane in the Kabuki Warriors with Paige. Pop. Um, then they did a double turn against Bliss Cross, which is the often the forgotten WWE the factual, and it mm-hmm. rolled. Um, that was in October 2019. That was at Hell in a Cell 2019, which is actually an excellent show until the all-time Batman event. It's also one of the weirdest shows I've ever done because they announced most of the card like the day of. Do you remember that? Yeah. They didn't like because Paul Heyman realized, wait, do I get any credit for having matches on pay per view? Like, no, he's like, well, fuck pay per view, and that was a good idea. I agree with Paul. Um, so, so they turn there, and then she does this program with Becky. I didn't think the Rumble match was nearly as good as the year before. I think the Rumble 2019 mm-hmm. match is awesome. 2020 is good. This Raw match though. And Oracle, you were the one who actually, you know, said this was where we should go, and I, I think you were right to do so because it had more distance between the ladder match too. So it was a nice kind of um, 
era thing. Revisiting Oracle, what do you think of this this Raw title match? Just just a really terrific, fast paced you know title match on TV. Just the pace that yeah. they worked. Yeah. Um, everything looks so good. Like the, the, their chemistry's always been really good, but just what always took to me, you know, stuck out to me was just the pace that they work because you know they work like these I big agree. time title matches at the Rumbles. And this match, they're just going and you know going, but like still letting everything mean something and it's like selling. It's smooth, it's yeah, man. And then they got the, you know, I I don't I don't love the um I don't love you know I don't love uh Becky's Yuranaki, uh you know I mean it's not <laughs> call it a rock bottom you fucking Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it is a rock bottom, but I mean uh, hey, at least I don't call the six one nine the tiger faint kick. I won't do that. There you go. There you go. Sure. But um. Like, well, to like, I don't what know. does she call it? What does she call the move? She has I a name for it. Yeah, the manhandle slam. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I can't remember it. Um, to be fair, the rock bottom was always that was Good. always my favorite. Like, other than like Joe's version, like the rock bottom, he was like, he never did jump with every like he, they they jumped up like he would jump with everybody. And like he would like leave his feet like sometimes. Dwayne always hit the the Superman pose like in the mm-hmm. in the air when he yeah, did. It rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It fucking rude. Or like I, I think that, I think that's why I always like think of the rock bottom differently than the Uranagi. Because like the Uranagi, you're just standing, and then the person like swinging their legs up, and you yeah, no, you're right. Where he's like doing the Superman pose. I, I was just messing with you because like. Know. I remember, like at the time, it took Meltzer like three or four years before he called it the Rock Bottom, and, and like in the newsletter, he would always call it the Uranage. And it's just like, what a fucking nerd, dude! <laughs> <laughs> that fucking rule says, says the guy that I couldn't remember the name of the move, so I called it Jimmy Rave's finisher earlier. There you so go, that, that, yeah, yeah, hypocrite. The way they go to that finish, ROH bot, <laughs> robot. Uh, the- the way they go to that finish does fucking rule, though, right? After all yeah, the panic, oh yeah, absolutely like the like. Well, the thing is, is like when you do like the Jerry Lynn RVD deal, which I always think of, you you mm-hmm. can't do it for seventeen minutes like they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do it like yeah. a couple of times, and then you know, I liked it because he did it a couple of times, and a lot of times you think they'll like do like a double clothesline or they'll do a near fall. No, 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 no. they ended it right afterwards. Mm-hmm. They do it, and then they get you know manhandle awesome. slam. That's it. It's just the pace, the way that they, the way they did the finish. It was just, it was an excellent match, man. Like, it was, it was. I, it's probably my favorite match of theirs. I, I don't know. I, I might like the Rumble match better, nineteen, but like this match is really fucking good. I, I really like what this added to the lineup because it's different, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. This is such an easy, smooth watch. I think it shows Asuka's range as a worker in a lot of ways because I think this match. I mean, look at where we started and where we ended. Could those matches be any more distant from each other stylistically, right? Like, this was like a traditional US TV match in some ways. Mm-hmm. It was like, and I mean that as a compliment. Like, I thought it was fucking awesome. I, I love what they did with this. Alex, what did you make of uh, this singles match with Becky? Uh, before we get into this, I, I need need to give the Kabuki Warriors the moment in the sun here yeah. because, like you said, they originally paired as, like, we don't have anything Vince as well. They're both Japanese, so uh, they... <laughs> really had nothing for him. So they were originally a babyface team where they both just kept their same looks. And now Paige was managing them and was doing the voice for him. Um, they got the last great WWF t-shirt, which I do have right here. Uh, 
they, I think they got two good shirts out of their run, but that pink one, I remember like at the time it was announced like a Japanese exclusive, but then it sold well. So they branched it out everywhere else. And then they got that. And then when they turned heel, they started wearing like tag gear, like they matched and looked fucking awesome. And they got that banger theme song. And, um, (laughs) like, you know, they were featured heavily. They, they were the main event segment of raw, like regularly, like I, I was so invested in them. That's when I still watch the program weekly. Uh, infamously, they had the main event match on Raw against Natty and Lacey Evans, and Lacey fucked up three spots in a row, and Kyrie hit her in the face as hard as she possibly could. It was something that you need to see. Bro, God bless Paulie Dangerously. What a fucking legend! Dude, Flinging out there, Lacey the and Natty to take the entire Raw program, like. The, the whole main event, like it, they built three months to that Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte Becky tag at TLC, which is a disaster. It is a disaster. <laughs> like the match, you can tell they're desperately like they, 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 like Becky and poor Kyrie. Charlotte was such a piece of shit in that match. And like, <laughs> I mean, she was. She and was. Becky, God bless her, did everything she could to try to like protect Kyrie. And you know her, her, you know Becky and Oscar did their best to try to, you know, st- steer the ship a little bit and finish the match as best they could. Um, but they built that. It was like a three month program they built up up to that. You know, it was it was crazy. They had a good match on like their good tag match was like on a, a London mm-hmm. Raw. The on, only re- on Raw, yeah. The only reason I remember it was the UK was because Becky, you know, because she's a badass. Went did the Liam Gallagher yeah. at the uh, Kyrie or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, so when they debuted the mist is when they like turned heel and she missed it page and yeah. like it was it was a fucking awesome run and they would just go out and do these screaming promos in Japanese and like it was cool. Like it was obviously it wasn't gonna go anywhere, but they were just like, you know, Heyman and them were like, Well, you know, since you're here, just do whatever you want to do. Go out there and do it. And that's how we got the Oscar with the face paint and all that shit. They had a good run. They had some good matches. Yeah. Not any great ones, but some good matches. Um, and then Kyrie was gone shortly after this. Mm-hmm. The, as I tweet about regularly, the last full episode of Raw I watched was Kyrie Sane's last Raw in the WWE. Uh, has nothing to do with this, but why she's such a fucking great performer. And also, LOL WWE. The you know if you're not a mark they can't fuck with you thing. Kyrie's last night in the company they had her beat the champion. <laughs> That's always yeah. like one of my favorite things. And her reaction was so genuine and great. And her and Oscar had a cool moment after that. But anyway, my first note in this match is LOL at early 2020. We are four weeks away from the world falling apart at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the one where I watched on YouTube, which cuts off right at the end. Shayna showed up after this, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A famous right. angle, a classic. Four away from four weeks away from Rudy Gobert coughing into the. <laughs> Poor Paulie. Uh, uh, all right, he loves Kabuki, so much. Kabuki Warriors, good. This match, not. Uh, I. <laughs> okay, I do not at all like this era of Becky Lynch, where she's trying to wrestle like John Cena, like. The, the man stuff, it, whatever, like, when she turned heel at the end of 2018 and she was kind of finding her footing, she was doing some good shit. And then they did that shit where they tried to make her stone cold, where she was just doing, like, a Conor McGregor act. And it was just, like, 
<laughs> and she just kind of dominated everything. And then here was like the end of 2019 where she started viewing herself as like the, the star of the company, which good. It's what you should do if you're in that position. But she started trying to wrestle like John Cena and like big emotions and big moves and reactions to thing like their match at the 2019 rumble is awesome. And the one at 2020, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then, so this match happened and uh, I'm just not as crazy about it as y'all. I did lose my mind for the, she catches her on the ropes and puts her in the disarmor. Quickest way to pop your boy is to do any move that involves the ropes that makes your move like more impactful. So I, I really appreciated that, but it was just, it was a TV match, and it – I'll say this, the positive note. It made me realize how much I appreciated Becky's most recent run. I loved big-time Bex. But, like, this era here, like, that match she had with Shayna, you know, the Performance Center Mania, was just like, what are you doing? And that's kind of what I felt watching this. It is worth noting that Oracle and I are famed TV match perverts, right, Oracle? I mean, mm. we, we, you know yes. – you give I us some too, meat just when they're good. You know. Well, that was spiteful. That was unnecessary. Bob, <laughs> settle this one for us. Yeah, I think I have it uh, right in the middle of their three matches. I think the 2019 Rumble match was better, but I like this more than the 2020 Rumble match. Um, something that really stuck out, and maybe it's just because it doesn't happen a ton anymore, just like how into it the crowd was, which you don't always get in WWE TV oh, matches these days. Someone didn't watch Alexa Bliss versus EO Sky. Jesus, well, fucking yeah, tell on yourself, mean, what that you one. piece of shit. That uh, one, they were hanging from the rafters, man. Oh, you know. Jesus. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it just, yeah, it, it's a really solid TV match, and it really uh it it was a good inclusion on this list because it's not like a quote-unquote big match but it kind of was a good way to tie everything back up there you go folks it is kind of you could say like the the end of oscar as the serious title challenger and i'm not saying she's not good or doesn't obviously she's still thriving but it's like it really felt that once the pandemic era began into now she's just kind of like a saturday night live character like here's oscar I, I agree but i do think the uh the summer slam stuff with sasha and bailey was a pretty cool deal for her like she was more as a character you're right she did become like ridiculous but that the night where she um she lost to bailey right oracle she beat sasha she wrestled twice on SummerSlam. i don't think you saw this because this was you know Thunderdome, no, fucking. <laughs> no, I. That's. I, I watched all the pay per views during that. Is that the one where she took that horrendous sunset yes, bomb to the floor? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I guess what I mean is that there was there was moments, but you're definitely right in terms of overall presentation. She's way more like, you know, she's a, kind of a character of herself, but she seems to have fun with it. Oh, she's um, good at it too. So God oh, bless yeah. her. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, other matches this year, I wanted to work one of the session matches on there. It just did the, the matches that made sense are ones from the empty arena. I can't watch that stuff. But I'm sorry, guys. It is what it is. Um, the, the other session match is really good, but Oracle and I concluded this was better. Um, you go, you go, I suppose. Yeah, that was from Raw 2018. Yeah. yeah. Um, other stuff from this time, as much as we just did a bit about it, the WrestleMania 34 match is fun, I guess, if you like that kind of thing. Um, I enjoyed when she won the uh, Real World Tag League with Alexa Bliss in 2022. I don't remember <laughs> the matches specifically, but I remember that being a thing. Um, any others, guys? What stands out from this time other than the stuff I just kind of run through there? 
Do you, do you remember when her and her and Alexa had a match and like Alexa was like slapping her legs and stuff and doing like the like the, the one recently when yeah. Alexa inexplicably decided to slap her leg on every move and Vince's first TV wasn't there? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Good rib. I respect it. Real pro. Right. Um yeah, I, I'm trying to think. This is yeah, there's good stuff. Honestly, a lot of the empty arena stuff she was the best at. I just Yeah. What are you gonna do, man? <laughs> the uh <laughs> You know, she won the belt again, and it was really just to get the belt on Rhea. Like that was she was a transitional yeah. champion at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you can that match at thirty-seven. What has it been? I guess when she wrestles Rhea at WrestleMania, it's a showcase of what she can do as far as keeping a match together. Because yeah. I don't know how Rhea is now. She was just she was another example of someone they just kind of forced into it or pushed mm-hmm. into a spotlight before they were ready for it. And that match is not great, but Oscar gets a lot out of her uh, because the next night they had a rematch on raw and it is the shits. So I think like, it was just a matter of Oscar there, on that night wanting to be like, all right, let's do this. There was definitely a chemistry issue there too, because yeah. like Rhea did have, she had some really good performance the next day. I just think those two were like, but you're right. Asuka, she was very impressed on that mania because Rhea wasn't, she just wasn't on that night. Is what it is, you know. Um, it's a weird one because I feel like that, that dynamic feels like it could be so yeah, good. It was weird, you know? like Rhea, like Rhea, and like even though it was like, well, granted there were like fan wrestlers as fans, and they even got some fans throughout most of the year. But Rhea in NXT in like 2019, 2020 was awesome. Like, yeah, she was like, she was really, really good. Like, she had tons of good matches. That EO match, oh, the title was incredible. Yes. Where like Rhea's. Ear, ear, you know, earring yeah. got broken or whatever, and her earlobe was like, yeah, all cut up and bleeding, and it was incredible. And like, mm-hmm. that was a top five match of that year. Is it? If I remember correctly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that match fucking rolled, man. God, that match was good. It um, really was. Uh, it's worth mentioning too. The one I don't know what it was Oracle. You'll probably know or Bob, but the recent tri- triple threat match with Bianca and Becky that Asuka had. Yeah, uh, was really excellent. Hell in a cell. That oh, was that excellent. Was great. Yeah. That was great. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Like, I actually think when we did it for Act Two that Alex nailed it. It's like, if she's on the show, just watch it. Like, she's fucking, she's so compelling. She's so fun. Her energy, she's so consistent and reliable. Like, you can't really go wrong with Asuka, right? These ways. And her, her, her limping t- out to the ring last night. At the oh, end. awesome. Yeah. Her entire WWE run, she does not have a single famously bad match. And yeah. I think that's and that's not exclusive to women. I th- I, there's not many people that are on the roster right now that you can't just mm-hmm. be like, oh, remember when they had this real fucking stinker with her? It's just like, uh, even if like what's going on in the ring isn't good, you're going to find yourself somewhat entertained because she's just so captivating and charismatic. She, of course, featured in uh, Dave Meltzer's four-star um, all Japan Pro Wrestling Love Letter Trios match from Clash at the Castle, which we all definitely thought was that good and didn't just pretend. Um, great, great match. Great match. Four so, is in the, the one that comes after three and before five. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's that? And he needed to double his meds. Let me tell you something. I'm happy to pretend it was good if Dave wants to. All right. There you go. Wait, what's that? What, what is it? You know, the cla- I like the match for the Clash Trios that was like a good match that Dave just gave four stars. <laughs> oh, that one? Yeah. Yeah. I will say, too, just a fun little factoid to take us out on. Asuka only has, in her whole run, I think five figures, and one of them is like a horror-style variant uh, because her gear is so colorful 
and requires so much paint that they're more expensive to make than everyone else's figures. So mm-hmm. like they, they, she had this one that was announced and looked awesome. It was an elite and they just figured out like, there's no way we could make money on this. We're going to lose money on all these that oh we sell. Oh my God. So no uh, wonder they make so many Randy Orton's. Yeah. And like, John Cena, even though like his T-shirts, those figures only involve like three colors, and with Asuka, it's yeah. always a bit different. So, if you're ever wondering, if you find yourself awake at night wondering why the fuck isn't there an Asuka Kyrie two pack, brother, you, you say that with in jest. I spent a night wondering why there wasn't more Fit Finley figures. I mean, I, I, that seems that seems like saying exactly what I would wonder, dude. Know? And he came from the Jacks era where everyone was getting three or four figures, man. He he, he has them. Like, he, to little, be like, fair, like the little shillelagh. I should be respectful of Jax. He got a lot with Jax. He did. But what? So Mattel, they made one at the very start and they gave him. Remember the jacket he would wear in WCW? The really cool, like one arm oh, fucking thing? Fucking they, cyberpunk shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They gave him that with like modern Finley and they've never made another figure. It's like, brother, you've made the deal. Make the fucking mullet Finley. You know? Dude, yeah. The uh, Uncensored 96 yeah. Regal Finley two pack is what we need from Mattel. Factual. Actual. There you go, folks. All, all with like, all with like, you know, like fake blood put on Regal's nose after it gets broken. Yeah, yeah. Finley, that like punch, in a, that fucking punch, man. Oh my god. In an industry of uh, despicable human beings, I don't know if anyone's ever looked more sleazy in wrestling than Finley did on that night. Yeah. He had the wet mullet and then the fucking pencil mustache. By the way, I don't know what birthday uh, month Finn. He would be a great episode. He's Awesome. Oracle and I were talking about him a lot in the group oh, recently. That'd be a we'd, really fun episode, you know? We'd have to go, like, we'd have to start with one of the matches where he tagged with Daddy. If that would be the fucking best. 100%. Um, this match fucking rules. The JBL match is a hoop. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's put a bow on this. We've been here for two hours and 20 minutes. Um, a few, a you know, a few slight, <laughs> slight misdirections there along the way. We had our moments. Here's what it is. It's our first this- female. We would have looked like assholes if we blitzed through it. Factual. That's what I said to Bob when he wanted to. Never mind. Um, <laughs> let's put a bow on this. Bob, Asuka is obviously still active, still central. She was in the closing angle of Raw last night, for goodness sakes. But best you can, you know, put a bow on your thoughts on Asuka, your fandom, your conclusion on her legacy. However you want to present it, your final thoughts on Asuka. Yeah, she rules, man. I don't know that she necessarily gets the credit she deserves for the WWE Women's Division stuff the past, uh, you know, five years or so. Um, you know, everyone obviously mentions the four horsewomen, and then it's like Oscar and Alexa come next. But she could, she's in that conversation with, you know, the honestly almost everyone except for Bailey and Sasha. I think she has a case for being like I know Becky's been big the past couple of years, but like Oscar's been a bigger deal than Charlotte, uh, you know, so. It's uh, And it's cool to see her still doing this. I know she's not, you know, as built up as she used to be, but she is someone where, you know, if they put her in a title match for the next pay-per-view, it would be believable and you'd think she could win. And I think that's pretty important, too, despite all the stuff, uh, you know, that we talked about, the missteps on the main roster and stuff. She is still a big deal. Bro, I've talked to you about this before, and I know it's going to end soon because you're going to do a turn or something, but, like, that's kind of how wrestling like should work. Like people should move up and down. Mm-hmm. And I will go to the grave. I, I know they're going to split them up. Asuka and Alexa just being like the baby face team of people who've just been around for a long time. And you don't need to worry about pushing them because people just fucking like them. Yeah. Is the kind of shit I think WWE should actually do more of rather than trying to give everyone a character makeover and repackage it. Like, fuck that, man. Just let people cheer some of these people, you know? Like protect them enough, have them put some people over. 
I don't know. I think it's pretty fun. Um, the Oracle of Wrestling. Final thoughts on Asuka. Uh, awesome wrestler. Um, it's actually really impressive that she's still around and still as over as she is in that company. Yeah. Um, just shows you how good she is. Uh, obviously, has had a great career uh, in various places. Um, whether it's uh, her initial run in Japan or NXT or the main roster. Um, and, and, and I still think she probably has a couple of really good years left. Um, you know, she's, she's been hit with the injury bug, uh, the last few years, um, which is, you know, unfortunate. Um, but she's, she's always stellar when she's healthy. Um, so yeah, she rules. Absolutely. I think, um, I think that the Bob is right. In terms of um, in terms of not getting enough credit, I also think from the the Japanese wrestling perspective, like she's had such an incredible run for a Japanese wrestler in WWE. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and and even with all the issues, it's been an incredible run. You know, it's, it's really that's important. one thing that we can't get too mad about because before her, that slot did not exist. That, that right. like with her and Nakamura, it's like every Japanese talent up until that point. Even if they were brought in with, they're gonna Takamichinoku. Yeah. This is gonna mean something. He still ended up, indeed, you know, doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think she is genuinely one of the most, again, universally loved wrestlers in recent memory. Um, she's incredibly versatile. She's dynamic. She's exciting. She's just a great pro wrestler, you know. And I think. I agree with you, Bob, totally about the, her part in the woman's revolution. But I think it is sometimes important to be like, she's more than just like a great woman's wrestler for WWE. Like, she has just been one of their best wrestlers <laughs> since she mm-hmm. got there. Like, she has been one of the most reliably entertaining people on their television show since the day she got there, whether she was an undefeated, you know, undefeated, unbeatable destroyer, or she was a comedy act holding a fucking doll while selling on Raw. Mm. She's just great. You don't get any better than Asuka, so she's tremendous. Alex, I'll let you have the last word on on uh, on on Asuka. Final thoughts, pal. All right. So WrestleMania 34. Now, uh, it's uh, you know what Asuka is is she is this era's Rob Van Dam, and I mean that in the sense of she's over everywhere they go. She always has an entertaining match, and she's not someone you'll find like a pocket of haters for. You don't go to a town, you know, a random town like fucking St. Louis, for example, and people are booing her for some reason. Right. She is just someone that people like to see. And like RVD in the sense, you know, he was pretty 50-50 in his wins and losses there towards the end. But people just, he's Rob Van Dam. Fuck yeah. And that's kind of like Oscars fit into that RVD Sid mold of hell yeah. Wherever she is, the people get up to see her. Uh, I'd argue her matches have, have a bit more layers to them than Van Damme's yeah. or Sid's being a, <laughs> all praise be to Sid and Van Damme, but Oscar's obviously uh, a bit more layered of a worker. Um, she, and for me personally with like how fucking jaded I am with wrestling at this point in my life for her to come along and like be someone that I had no like real prior knowledge of and no prior investment in and become like someone who for a while I treated as like appointment television 
or just really infatuated with their work. I think, you know, for whatever little my opinion means, that's what I want to stress about it. That's how much she connects and how good she is at what she yeah. does. Um, and I think she's becoming, I don't know, who was the, who's, who was the litmus test for a while? But basically she's becoming who they just throw someone in with, see what they can do. They don't think right. someone can deliver. They throw in them with them, with her. And uh, yeah, great stuff. Uh, a career, especially in WWE, for what we've talked about here, like I said, you're not going to find a, a bad match with her. And um, someone who had an aura at one point in time and mm -hmm. was literally unlike anything else we had seen in WWE up until that point. And it was yeah. really fun to live through her heyday. Absolutely. Okay, folks. This was the September Grin Grappler. We were a little bit, you know, we went into, because last time we were late. You know the deal. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's now time for the October Grin Grappler. But there is a slight twist. I'm going to read a bunch of names that qualify for this month. And then I'm going to mm. add an extra thing here. Okay. Yoko Zuna. Eddie Guerrero. Oh, God. Dusty Rhodes. Scott Hall. The aforementioned Adam Edge hmm. <laughs> and Phil Pepsi, CM Punk. Now, they're all really exciting, but I would like to suggest a potential outlier for the program. I know how you guys feel about this. We can actually talk it through as we go here. I do think there may be something to be said for doing an Oki this month, you know? It breaks our general rule, but if ever there was a wrestler... On a program, we'll be looking kind of a historical lens and we go big picture to do that for. I kind of feel like Anoki's that wrestler, but I'm I'm open to ideas. Oracle, where do you stand on this? Would you like to pick one of the wrestlers of the month or should we should we do a special for we Antonio? Can, we, can, we can we can do uh uh Anoki for sure. Um the only difficulty with Anoki are is that my favorite matches of his, this is just a personal thing, are like not really accessible through easy means. <laughs> uh, and they also involve like 20 other people and are like, uh, you know, 90 minutes long. And I cannot imagine making contrarian Alex watch a 90 minute match. Um, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure we could find six matches and then kind of, you know, you could do a post-mortem with the. Oh the yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, I, 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 but I mean, yeah, we can we can definitely do that. Um, I'm I'm for it because I've I've always been a fan, right. just from like just in general, like his you know his charm and mm -hmm. his aura. Um, some of his matches are not. I was never I've never been a huge fan of Anoki's in ring work. Right. Um, I actually preferred uh, Baba in terms of the two um, legends in terms. Of, I mean, like seventies Baba specifically. Um, Call me off guard. That's pretty yeah. wild. Um, you know, later Baba. No, I mean, you know, Noki's better, but he has some incredible matches, though. I mean, that the, the, it, it is true. It's just, it's, I don't know. What do you think? Alex? Yeah, what do you I, think? I, I, I actually, I actually am very interested in doing it. I think number one, it's probably the only real time the four of us together would discuss doing a show on Antonio Noki. And, uh, my, my thought would be, that'd be great. Cause such an interesting guy and his career spans so many different things, generations and 
you know, someone said, like, he's one of the only people that you can genuinely say if he did not exist, the professional wrestling industry would be radically different than it is right now. And so that'd be really cool for the four of us to discuss. I really like that list you had. So my personal idea would be freezing that list, doing Anoki, and then bringing that list back up at the end of the Anoki episode to pick from that. I'm for that. I don't, I'm, I'm not against that. Yeah, I also, I'm, I'm and Bobby, I don't know where you've said this, but I also think there may be something to be said for if we explore the Anoki match catalog, maybe there's something to be said for doing a sort of mini where we talk more broadly about Anoki, the, the kind of wrestling presence, rather than worrying so much about the matches themselves. You know, because I think in some ways the traditional format is maybe too rigid for Anoki because he's such a sort of unique personality, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about him because it's just like, I mean, just, just the sort of spectacle matches that he sort of introduced to wrestling, like wrestling fucking Saito on an Island, man. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Muhammad Ali, yeah. the work that yeah. turned into a shoot. Right. Yeah. Uh, so like, maybe we should we should kind of explore. We'll pencil it in as an Oki, and we'll explore what that looks like. Right. That makes sense. And then yeah. if mm-hmm. we settle on an Oki, we could always do as Alex said. We can go back to that list afterwards for sure. Yeah. They 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 built a whole thing with he and Maeda, and Maeda hated his gut so much he refused to put over. He refused to face an Oki. You know. We can find just, some. Some pillars. We can do like the IWGP finale with him and Hogan, and yeah. then he he wrestled Regal on WCW. We can find some. Mm-hmm. The Vader. I think the Vader squash for Vader debuts on on online, right? Yeah, the, <laughs> three minutes in a riot afterwards. The match yeah. later on in '96 is fucking awesome. Oh man. yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Old man Anoki match. Well, what are you saying? You know this Anoki idea? Yeah, I think it's good, and you know I haven't really seen anything from him, so it'll be interesting in that front too. While we're um planning and plotting on the air, lads, in fear of being too forward. Where are you fellas in this time slot next Tuesday? The old 8 p.m. Eastern? Anyone got anything on their on their, their schedule? Where do, we, where do we stand on this? I'm intrigued because I, have, I do have saying that we could, uh, we could, we could do, you know, just as a, uh, on a special occasion. Oh, we're having fun here in spooky month. Alex, are you, are you free for this next Tuesday perhaps? Yeah. Oracle, you got a free slot next Tuesday. The um, same that we, the same that we uh, we locked in a while back. I think it'd be good to give a date to. I think I can be here, Bobby. I know you're yeah. very busy. All right, next Tuesday, the Anoki episode we will get to. We will get to probably at the end of the month, just so we speak. Because when we're watching, you know, it's the, next Tuesday, eight PM Eastern, same time as what you were here tonight. We're going to finally do it. We announced this many months ago. The all-time TNA Impact Wrestling Fantasy Draft. Anyone who ever worked for TNA, that version of them is available on the board. It will be us four being against each other. One of the more insane wrestling rosters in history. (laughs) Everyone stopped for a TNA at some point. Again, you're drafting that version of them, which certainly will be an interesting layer to the conversation. That will be next Tuesday, and then we'll be back in the end of the month for the Antonio Noki episode, and we'll kind of be back on schedule. Um, I'm going to be tempted to take Roddy in the first round just so Joe doesn't have him. Well, that's spiteful. But he is kind of like baby <laughs> fat Roddy, so it's not as personal. As it. If you took, beat like, down, 2015 Roddy, you know. Beat down plan. <laughs> going to take Loki in round Loki. one. Loki, that's right. Pump fist, yeah. Joe, have you ever seen that match? It's a four-way where 
like halfway through it, Shelly and Roddy get mad at each other and start hitting each other until oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sanjay or someone's like, all right, come back over here now. It's nuts how good Shelly still is, man. Like, Shelly's been around forever. You don't think about it that way. He's an even better worker now. Dude, I just assumed he was like an indie elder statesman. And when I watched Bola from this year, he fucking tears it up. I was like, how dare you still be this good, sir? He's, I think Oracle, I think he's better than ever. I think he's like, he's like cracked it completely. He knows exactly the middle ground for him, you know? Um, Tremendous. I'm sure he'll be driving next week. Bob, are you fired up for this TNA business? I am actually. It's going to be a lot of fun. I enjoy when we do drafts, and uh, that's a really cool concept. Speaking of such, this Thursday. The LNG annual draft gets underway. We are picking from the inferior male wrestlers on the late night grin. Latenightgrin.com, just $1 gets you in. Every Thursday, 9 Eastern. Oracle, how fired up are you to pick from TNA's incredible past here next Tuesday, pal? I'm very excited. Uh, Goldilocks. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Taz when he was like uh Jenna Maresco. Yeah, there you go. So wait, do y'all do tag teams as one or is it just individual picks? I think we do individual fear. I mean we okay. can you know we can negotiate, but because people forget the the incredible tag team of Abyss and Alex Shelley. That was uh yes. the, the baby bear because it Goliocks was their manager. Yeah, I think all the time we'll go we'll go individual just because the amount of dynamics that Russo threw oh, together. Um, Red shirt security or whatever it was. Who's it was that? Like, um, uh, was it Kevin Northcutt or whatever his name was? What was his name? I remember uh fuck, I don't remember they were just two big fat guys they called Phi Delta Slam. Yeah that were a fraternity <laughs> tag team. <laughs> God, there's so many races on the ball. So it's doctor, brother. My number one overall right there. Dude, should, DNA, like, it, we should it's all end up with good rosters. Yeah, it's going to be nuts, right? We should Shocker. all end up with good rosters in some shape or form. Because I, I saw when um, Ring of Honor like did this for their own uh, – 20 years they did this for their roster. It was like Bobby Cruz, Ian Riccoboni, uh, Caprice was like someone else I forget. And like their roster was like, fuck, it was crazy seeing it like that, you know? Um, TNA's is like that, but with like a comedic twist because there's also like a bunch of old fucks that are going to be picked. And mm. now Bob's going to take Scott Steiner first. And <laughs> these are the games we play, folks. It's going to be a hell of a time. That is next Tuesday. Before that, let me stress again tomorrow, um, we're going to do dynamite coverage. It's the anniversary show, I'm told. Uh, we're going to go on the assumption it's going to make the air. I, there are rumors they're going to close the promotion. Um, so we're going to assume it's making it. We're going to cover it tomorrow night, myself and probably young Manny here on Twitch. So that's be pre-show and post-show for Dynamite. If the show's bad, I'll simply go to sleep. That is what I do now. Please respect my decision. Thursday. If they, like, if they do go down, Tony Khan has to start the show by saying he's vacated the time slot. Fair. Thursday, the late night grid, 9 Eastern, the annual LNG draft. We're picking male wrestlers this week. Last week, I think Bobby won or Shoot won, I forget. The Oracle of Wrestling had one of the more extraordinary performances in the history of podcasts, and he took Seamus second, I believe, which has aged well. So that is this Thursday. Friday, 6 Eastern, 6.05. Bob O'Neill watches Halloween. The original, 78. A classic. Bob's going to watch it for the very first time mm-hmm. this Friday. Then Sunday, there'll be a Halloween habit watching of some kind because it's fucking spooky season. 
Hey, Bob. What is it, Bob? Spooky season. <laughs> Tremendous. Okay. <laughs> Alex, please promote the contrarians before we go. Here, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we are the contrarians.com at contrarian prime on Twitter at contrarian prime Instagram, facebook.com slash contrarian prime film podcast with me and my friend Julio uh, for spooky month. I plugged this last time, but we finished it. We got the mashup of the original Psycho versus the 98 remake. We just had uh, Wake and Fright, the 71 Australian thriller drop, um, and interweaving that with the uh, Twilight franchise, which has been taxing, but uh, interesting nonetheless. So check it out. Uh, as always, thank you all for having me on and let me plug my shit. Absolutely a pleasure. Bobby, anything to promote? Any political views you'd like to share? <laughs> No, uh, you know, just watch a late night grin on Thursday. We're starting the draft. Uh, draft season around here gets very intense and uh, fired up for it. Absolutely. Oracle, anything to promote? Any final words? Mm-hmm. No, you know, I'll be around. <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm not sure I can, I can, uh, you know, outdo my performance last year, but, you know, Always give it the old college try. We'll see. Got to pick five and was like, well, I'm five. No good wrestlers left. <laughs> yeah. All-time great stuff. All right, folks. This has been somewhat of a marathon edition, but we've had a blast. I hope you've enjoyed it too. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow with some Dynamite Talk. In the meantime, enjoy this outro. Wow. <laughs>